What's going on, everybody? I'm Kevin from Cigar Prop, and each and every week we come to you live on the I Tap That Cigar Show on our YouTube channel. We interview someone fun and exciting in the cigar world, and then about a week later, we upload that audio to various podcasting platforms. That's what you're listening to now. We try and cut out a lot of the stuff that won't make sense because you're listening to it instead of watching it. But if something doesn't make sense and you want to watch it, in the description is the link that will take you to our YouTube so you can watch the interview instead of listening to it. But if you want to continue listening to it, thank you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the I Tap That Cigar Show, presented by Corona Cigars. Always, I am your host, Kevin Shan, and I am coming to you live from the Drew Estate Experience Acid Studios here on the sunny Gulf Coast of Florida. And joining me, as always, is Care Vihante of Stogie Road Cigars. Care, what is going on? Hey, Kev. Um, I'm going to be filling my... Oh, your Bricktoberfest Das Buchstein. I'll be filling that uh, in, in just a second, um, and I'll be using this little gem. Oh, the, the cigar a... prop bottle opener. Pop, the popometer. Yeah, yeah. the popometer. The pop <laughs> yeah. So, Ryan, what, what beer you got there? I got a real good German beer, Stella Artois. Oh, right on. <laughs> <laughs> das little, good. Little, little, little bitter for me, the Stella. You know, but um, but yeah. So uh, Care brought it up. Uh, uh, the Das Boot Stein. Remember, everybody, it is Bricktoberfest. So uh, make sure you head over to jcnewman.com, find the list of retailers, buy seven Brickhouse cigars, get a free Das Boot Stein. Going on, go. I, I think you need three more beers. That's 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 <laughs> one beer. One beer is an anklet sock. Yeah, so an anklet. <laughs> so uh, a sneaker boot. Um, so yes, uh, but uh, um, if, if make sure you, uh, if, if you can't get them, like I said, uh, by the end of this week, there are retailers uh, out there that usually have some left over. So, uh, and, they, and they'll still honor that. Um, every retailer I've seen has always honored it until they were out of the, the, the Das Boot Stein. So seven Brickhouse cigars, get a free Das Boot Stein. Jessica, joining us, producer Jessica in the background. Say hello. Hello. So uh, what are you, uh, what are you smoking there, Jessica? Um, it is called All Saints St. Francis Robusto. So, uh, is that the, uh, that's the Maduro, isn't it? Well, it doesn't yes. say that. Okay, it's dark, right? It's dark. Yeah, I got the black it. band. Yeah, so you has got the, yeah. the St. Francis, uh, I've yeah. I've not had this Robusto. one, so. It doesn't say, yeah. So, St. Yes. Francis round my neck. Oh, it's St. Anger. Sorry. Oh, I touched my computer and my uh, screen went blank for a second. So, all right, um... What do I got here? I thought I had a note. I thought I had a note it's, on there. He's off, Jess. Fair, Jessica, I, 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 I am, I am off. Yes, I am. I am going to be smoking tonight um, the um, All Saints uh, Colorado. Oh, right, right on. And uh, I am going to. Well, let's. Uh, well, let, let's kick it off with the uh, the Cigar Medics Humidimeter Cut and Light. I remember with the Cigar Medics Humidimeter, you'll always know when to hold them and know when to smoke them. I am going to do, because I had this one earlier today, um, the uh, uh, the Habano, the uh, uh, the All Saints Habano, the Robusto in this little box press. I love this cigar. Um, yeah, Habano, I saw you know, you, you and I always talk, uh, um, Habanos are so hit and miss on whether they're going to get that, yes. um, that um, 
sour, sour habano or, or whether you're going to get the spicy uh, habano. Yeah. And I was very pleasantly. Uh, uh, or pleasantly. What was your, what's your cigar medic? I just, I just cut it, Jessica. Oh, okay. And I, right. I, and I, and I did. My mind is Jessica. And, and, and I did forget. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're at uh, right at 60% humidimeter. So our humidity with the humidimeter. I just got back in town. I, I went to that Texas nice. for the barn smoker this weekend, and I'm off. And uh, Texas is such a crap hole of an airport, not Texas, the state. That airport is just brutal. Which, okay, Kevin, first and foremost, I'm at 62% if you were wondering. Secondly, Texas is a big state. And there's a lot of airports. So to say you're at the Texas airport, <laughs> I think may be a little confusing. Dallas, DFW. Boy, that Texas airport. Woo! That that Texas that Texas hotel. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's funny. I'm sorry. So it's cares the beer. Six, it's, it's cares of sixty. Have you ever, have you ever been through DFW? It's yes. Horrible. Yes. Look at the New England cigar. He even said he's like. Who? Who? Yeah. Oh, the Kevin. Uh, sucks. So Kevin. Yeah. Kevin knew exactly what you were talking. about. Well, Ben, Ben, make sure you add the S at airports. Kevin was still singular. It was just a nightmare getting around that airport and the whole rental car thing, it being like 20 minutes away. Who designs an airport and doesn't design the rental car thing, you know, um, uh, with all the rental cars on like physical property to where you can walk to and get your rental, take a bus for 20 minutes to get a rental car. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, um, tell, the, tell the bus to drop you off in your hotel room at that point. Yeah, yeah. Is she on my cord? Is that why my screen uh, flickered? Um, uh, the camera. It's uh, I yeah. I got Skylar, who our, our our pit bull loves everything electronic, so she yeah. licks licks the cord. Well, she's not licking. Uh, she's laying on. She's it. laying on it. So, all right. Take a deep breath here. I'm, I'm with you with the Habana, though. I, I you know we talk about all the time. This there's that you know that sour. Habano, and then there's. I was very happy with this Habano. Darryl yes, and I very, talk about it all the time. Yeah, yeah, we do. You know, it's like uh, you know, that's a that's a cigar I generally don't go towards mm -mm. Um, because I just never know what I'm going to get. You know, um, I'm I'm on the new brands that I've never had their Habano before. Yeah, and they're like, oh hey, we offer a Habano. I'm like, mm, I'll take the Maduro. I've had a couple um, Habanos. It's just like, oh, yeah, it's a. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't get it. You know, but I'm not a cigar maker, so I don't know what I don't know what makes a Habano sour versus what it doesn't. So I'm assuming it's the, the roller. Yeah, fermentation. It's a bad day. It was a bad day. That that that's and it. And that roller sour that that yeah. leaf then becomes sour. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited. We got a um, our, our good friend uh, Mickey Peg. Now there's few few people in the cigar industry that actually call a good i call everybody my good friend even though you know um they tolerate me at best but i, I believe mickey is a good friend um <laughs> tolerates me because of jessica so we had him on uh today it's been exactly two years and one day since we had him on the show to begin with and we were actually uh if you look on youtube we're actually only his second interview ever i think someone else had interviewed him about three weeks before us um, but our interview went much better. We got more views. So I don't even count that other one. Um, so uh, ours ours is good. So, yeah, two years. One day later, I, I, I uh, watched a little bit of my old videos. We got some notes that we'll, we'll see how Mickey's been doing uh, in, in the last two years. Uh, see if he's uh, pulling his lead oil. 
can't use the phrase pulling his hair out. So, uh, cause it, cause it's Mickey peg. So, um, but, uh, yes, let me, let me check. What am I, I know Jessica's like, Oh, she's like, Oh, that that's what I was trying to find. I couldn't find it on my notes. Uh, the Ebor city cigar heritage festival. That's what I was trying to think of earlier. And I said, it was it, my notes split on two pages and that's why I couldn't find it. Uh, Sunday, December 4th, the Ebor city cigar heritage festival, both regular and VIP tickets are still available for the show. Um, and that is for Saturday. Uh, then Sunday, um, tickets are available for, um, um, I, I don't think they're, they're going to sell out. I don't think there is a limit on how many people can get in on the show um, on Sunday. But uh, if you can come in town for the weekend, hit that Saturday pre-party event at the J.C. Newman factory. It's going to be off the mm. chain. After that is over, head over to Corona Cigar, mm. um, Corona uh, downtown, formerly uh, Davidoff of Geneva. And uh, going to be a, 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 that's where Karen and I hung out last year. Just uh, going to be a banging party over there. So head over to CigarHeritageFestival.com for your tickets or just click on the link uh, in the show notes down below. Jessica's got those scrolling um, at the bottom of the screen as well. This is a whole new format this year. Um, so I'll be interested to see what changes are made and how, how things are going. A lot more of the bigger um, bigger boutique guys are going to be there. A lot more of the bigger cigar guys are there. So um, Bigger boutique? Yeah, I guess bigger boutique. So I don't know. Like, who would be like a bigger Is that like jumbo a, shrimp? Yeah, like a bigger boutique. Uh, well, Saka's be a big boutique. He he only rolled one point one, I think one point one million cigars last yeah. year. So that'd be considered a big boutique. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're probably eight hundred thousand. You're medium size. You know, there? care. You know, uh, eight nine hundred thousand. A micro. A micro yeah, boutique. My, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Like a then, micro machine. Yeah, I'm I'm not even <laughs> I I'm I'm the I'm the tick on your you know micro's ass. That's how. Yeah. You do have to be careful with the boot because they do have that little air bubble that you get when you drink right here at at that yeah. uh, break of the foot, and if you go too fast, it'll splash it back in your face. Do you see the movie? You know how to do that. You got to turn the boot. What movie? Is this a freaking movie on how to drink beer out of a boot? Oh oh my god! You've never seen the uh, you've never seen the movie. Mickey, no. have you seen the movie? Okay, we're gonna we're gonna wait. We're gonna All bring right. a like, bring like this. Yeah, we're yeah we're no we're gonna we're gonna bring Mickey on here in, in a in a minute, and then we're gonna talk about uh Mickey's gonna explain to you how not to get the air bubble. I cannot believe you haven't seen the movie. I'm um, a dumbass. So I, I would I probably <laughs> I probably would forget it five minutes later and get beer splashed in my face anyway. Now I'm I'm trying to think of the name of the movie, so Mickey's gonna have to help me out with that one. So, but before we bring on our guest tonight. Uh, we definitely want to take a moment to thank all of our show partners for making this show happen each and every week. J.C. Newman Cigars, Cigar Medics, Amandola Cigars, We Are the Muscle, Excelsior Tobacco, makers of the Doña Lydia, GTO Cigars, those who know, smoke GTO, Corona Cigar, and of course, Drew Estate, and Experience Acid. All right, so waiting patiently in the Experience Acid green room is Mickey Pegg of All Saints Cigars. What's going on, fellas? How are you? Oh, good doing good. You know, it's a, you know what you should do. <laughs> you know so, you should do when you drink out of that boot. Yeah, so Beer Fest was the name of the movie. Um, you remember the movie, Mickey, right? Oh, I loved it. Actually, uh, so, old buddy might have had a cameo in it. In it. Get out of here. Yeah. Oh, how, how, how cool. So can you explain to Care how he's supposed to not get the air bubble? The same way you light a cigar. Turn it. Yeah, so as you're, as you're drinking it, so the boot is facing up, you... you you tilt it off to the side, 
and that air bubble doesn't happen. You while I'm it. drinking it? Yeah, while yeah. you're drinking it, turn you it. realize after one boot, that <laughs> if I try and turn and drink at the same time? So, right. Yeah, so so that was that was the uh um uh the, the 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 premise of the movie was everybody kept getting the air bubble and it was like whoever drank the boot fastest right. but then the American team saw the German team was turning the boot preventing the uh the air bubble beer fest care. I'll, you'll you'll love Sounds it. Sounds like brilliant writing. I got to check that one out. Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Super That's Troopers? Really, I learned that at a young age. I mean, my mom's yeah. family's from Germany, so it's uh it's uh yeah. So a lot, lot, lot of Alemani, mi padre Irlandia. So, yeah. Oh, so you speak German? No, that was Spanish. That was not German, <laughs> Kevin. Oh my God, that was even more. <laughs> so, Mickey, how are you? I'm well, about to take, I'm about to take you, over well, the show. Well, as you now know, if you poke somebody, you can see how Spanish they are. Uh, yeah. So uh, now you know, everybody. I don't speak uh, German or Spanish. Yeah. I don't speak either. So, oh my god, oh. Uh, that was geography or language. Monday, and he was in the Dallas airport. So, yeah, uh, you, oh guys were getting to, you guys were getting to Texas just as I was leaving Texas. Uh, oh, yeah, I did see that. That you were, uh, yeah, um, what, what, were you, what were you doing out there? Just another event. Yeah, I was doing a couple of events I had out oh, there, god. catching up with some old friends and making some new ones. So, it was, it was a good, it was a good trip. Oh, right, right, right on. So we're, we're going to, we're going to start off the show. Care, Karen, Mickey, you guys have a shared history. Um, something to do with football care. How do you know, how do you know Mickey from back in the day? Well, I you don't, don't really know Mickey. I don't know yeah. him really, but yeah, we, we may have possibly exchanged paint one or two years. Who'd you play for? Wesley college. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. The Wolverines. Yeah. You guys were white and blue, uh, yeah. Delaware, right? Yep. Freshman year, you play. We, your team, you guys came up to Dover and played and won fourteen to thirteen. And yeah, I remember that. Did. I remember that game because I got a concussion at the end of the game. I think there was a lot of concussions in that game. It was Head on, yeah, it was horrible. And then our my sophomore year, you kicked the snot out of us big time. And you had a running back number thirty three who high stepped it into the end zone. I remember. Our coach focused on that. And then I think the year you were a student coach was my junior year. And then we, we ended up beating you guys down in, in, in uh, um, your place. Yeah. Yeah. So I was uh, class of 91. So my last season was 90. Yeah. Yeah. So 91. I was actually playing for the DC chiefs, which was a semi-pro team. And I was going to try, I was going to, well, I was trying out for the uh, Redskins the following year. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, my my last year was ninety two. Okay, so that does make yep. sense. so yeah. we was, oh, yeah we. Uh, God, did we I don't think we played you my senior year. I guess we played you my junior. Yeah, you did 80, 89 and, and ninety. We played you guys. Okay, yep. yeah, eighty nine was the year we should have gone to the playoffs, but we lost Iona. We lost Iona and Dayton. Dayton ended up winning the national championship, and then we lost Iona, who had won nine. And they would normally take an eight and two into the playoffs for Division three, but because we lost to a one and nine team, yeah, yeah, that was uh, we we got dust boots. <laughs> yeah, dust boots. <laughs> Wouldn't that be oh, hilarious? Well, guys, what position did you play? Well, I started at center uh, in long snapper all four years, and then C- junior and senior year, I actually played both ways: center and defensive tackle. Okay. So, 
I never left. I hardly ever left the field on junior and senior year. Then we must have met each other because I, I played yeah. middle linebacker. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, well, I played center, so yeah, yeah, we at least stare at each other. Yeah, we de- <laughs> definitely something happened. Wouldn't that have been hilarious and coincidental if Mickey was the one that gave you your concussion? I mean, I know it didn't happen. Yeah. Like, I had plenty of my own concussions. He probably <laughs> gave me a concussion. I remember that one. I it was your fullback. I hit head on, and I think. After talking to you know, back then the concussion protocol was uh, walk it off. Yeah, walk it off. Hey, uh, just make sure he <laughs> make sure he doesn't fall asleep. And I think the next thing I remember was ten thirty at night. I don't remember anything from after the game to ten thirty at night. Yeah, I mean, I had a couple. I had a bunch of those. The only people they cared about concussions were skill positions because those are the people that actually got seen possibly getting a concussion. Lyman never. Anybody in the interior, they never. Lesson happened in the open field. Yeah, and you know, just because you were to hit tour doesn't mean that you didn't get a concussion either. Because we, we were still leading with helmets back then, even though we weren't supposed to. Oh yeah, lead with And I was a pulling, I was a pulling center. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know I got a couple of my concussions from from being a pulling center. I remember calling my coach one morning, Sunday morning, going, "Sorry, coach, sorry, I missed skull." He goes, "What? What are you talking about?" He goes, <laughs> "You need to get down here right now." I'm like. I still thought I missed practice. I was going to have to run drills. I'm like, Coach, I have to get to class. He goes, it's Sunday. You don't have any classes. Get yeah. down here. And a matter of fact, I ran into Carl ba- Bailey <clears throat> this weekend because I went from Houston to D.C. for my my wife and I's uh, – I go to her reunion. She was class of 92 and saw a lot of guys I played ball with. And I have two daughters going to school where me and Kimmy met. So, and yeah, he goes, yeah, you spent a lot – he goes, you, got, you, had a, you had a couple concussions in your day. <laughs> yeah. So, so do, do, do you guys think that, uh, you know, obviously the sport is safer now, you know, um, even with just padding and everything else, but do, do you think they're, they're, they're kind of taking too much away, you know, like, like they're, they're making some calls and there's like this roughing the passer. You can't even look at the quarterback, you know, it, are, are they taking it to an extreme? You know, I guess there's a type of person that's never really played the game that's going to – and then always watch the game and how violent it is. We'll say they're taking a lot of from the game. But there's also a lot of people that have actually played the game and felt, you know, the other side of that. Don't know. I, I mean, I got to be honest with you. You know, in Division Three, the current will tell you, we don't have spring football. So I play lacrosse in the spring. And, um, you, you know, I, I don't know. I have, I have three girls, and they're very highly competitive in everything they do. I got obviously two in college, and I got one in – in high school, you know, I say I, I would I would be fifty fifty if I would let my kid play football. You know, <clears throat> really. What about what about you, Care? It's I mean, I I'm kind of like Mickey in the area where it's like you know, it, not even the the head injuries. Just you know, when Joe was talking about wanting to play football, I was like, you, you really need to stick with track. Like stick with with sports like that. So you you're gonna go far. You do well. Um, but to your question. I think the hardest part to watch is when they make calls because you really don't understand how difficult it is when you're trying to tackle someone or you're trying to hit someone to position your head in the right in the right spot or or when you are going in to tackle someone and they move their body a certain way and then you do spear them and they call it you know leading with your helmet and you're thinking well no I was aiming I was aiming here they they spun into it and I see one too many missed calls like that. Now, like Mickey said, I'll be honest with you. I led with my helmet all the time. 
I mean, it 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 was. Just, we tried not to, but we did. But, At least I tried not to. Uh, I didn't try. I, yeah, <laughs> depends on the. I mean, I didn't full out spear on top, but I mean, we were always taught you know face mask and helmet. But um, I I just think the the game, especially now, they're moving so fast, you know that it's impossible at times to make a, a, a correction when you're, when you're committed yeah. to a play. And I just think there's a lot of BS calls. I do, you know? Yeah. So what, what are your thoughts on, uh, cause I know like in peewee football, at least down here now, uh, there's, there's no more kickoff. Like they've eliminated that. Um, they're, they're, they've been talking for a couple of years of eliminating it in college football. Cause it looks pretty violent. Some of those, you know, collisions on the kickoff. Um, you know, you guys played, you know, you know, but I mean, is that something that is it as violent as as it as it seems? And, should, you know, what are your thoughts on eliminating it? Well, when when most of the kickoff team has a nickname like Suicide Squad. Yeah, it's probably. <laughs> fucking, yeah. yeah, I mean, or we were the Dingies or they had some kind of ragamuffin name. And yeah. Always something around Suicide Squad because people got hurt. You know, you thought you were just throwing your body at something. So. Yeah, I mean, I think there's. Yeah, do I like a kickoff? Watch a good kickoff. Yeah, yeah. Do I think did I want to do it when I played? Yeah, I did. I was like one <laughs> really? of my favorite plays of the game. You know, on the, to be on the kickoff team, not the receiving team, because you were just like, oh yeah, wow, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I think it is a little too violent for for Pee Wee. Yeah, you know, Pee-wee, I, I agree. I don't have a Pee-wee kid, so I shouldn't speak about something I don't have all the answers to. I was just with one of my friends who's nationally known as one of the advocates for safe football. So, and uh, this guy, Joe Rafter, number 65, uh, he's a great leader in itself. He's a, he's a team leader, but he's also nationally known as an advocate for safe football, the extra padding in the helmet, and they don't even think that works. It just makes you more aware of, of something, you know, and I didn't understand it, and you know, so it's just. But then I was yelling at the football game. So it was a close game for Catholic. You know, we win this, then we're still for the conference. Like, don't be a wuss. Get that yeah. guy ignored. You know, <laughs> I was yelling all the same. Uh, yeah. Trying to reduce the violence in that sport's really tough, though. It's a violent sport, you know. Yeah. I mean, and I think I think with peewees, there definitely there's there's no need for it in peewees. It's but violent once, and explosive, you know, where rugby yeah. is violent. But if you look at the talent of these guys and how they hit and how they how they engage, um, even lacrosse to a certain extent, uh, you know, football is violent and explosive. I mean, think about it. the average play is about eight seconds. You go back and reboot for 30 seconds, <laughs> you know. So I think that's what makes it so exciting. It's like getting into a car accident every sec- eight seconds. Well, it didn't uh, – who was it, Emmett Smith? Somebody said it, or Bernie – or not Bernie Sanders. Uh, <laughs> he needs to be hitting the head. Uh, Bernie Sanders. From Detroit. He said, what's it like to be a fullback or running back? He goes, well, get a football, sit in front of your house, and just run up the side of your house. Yep. I say you'll get a football, and then you run in the side of the house. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, to, to end the football talk before we get into the, uh, the, the cigar world – uh, a question for both of you: um, What did what did football teach you? What did football teach you um, uh, that you can that you're using even to this day, every day, 
um, in your in your lives in the cigar, you know, either a like in your general lives day to day, or just or, or you know more specifically in the cigar world. I mean, I would say discipline. You know, it's um, listen. We played Division three football. It was still a forty hour a week job. You know, and we didn't get anything for it. Like some of us got some kind of side money or whatever, or they helped us find some other kind of academic money. Some schools are better at that than, than others, but you know, it's discipline. It, it's interesting because two Saturdays ago, I was on the river to watch. So my youngest one, she, so my old two older ones row, my middle one, she's not, she's kind of finding her way in college right now. But my youngest one, she's six, one, six, two. I don't know. I don't know how tall she is. She's tall. She's tall. She plays basketball and she rows. And all of a sudden we're sitting in a tent, the parent tent, you know, which you spend 12 hours in to watch a one minute, watch one minute, <laughs> an eight minute race. And, um, and they were talking about scratching my daughter's boat because one of the girls didn't show up on time. And I had, there's a whole different, re- like the coach is that concerned. They should be running on off a bus to get the people there. And I hear this parent go, well, that girl was only six minutes late. And I kept looking up going, well, she was late. Like you don't be late, you know. I mean, it just that's one of those disciplines. You got to yeah. show up. We practice in the morning because uh, we were Division Three, and you know, one of the theories was is because we were partying too much, which was a true theory. And the other theory was we had we just had a bunch of engineers and architects on the team, so it's to help them get so they wouldn't interfere with their day, so we didn't have to worry about practice after that. So I, I think it teaches you discipline, you know, the to. to you know, for anything in life. So it's, um, you know, if I didn't play football, I probably wouldn't have gone to college. But, you know, then I ended up going to grad school and all the other things. But, you know, I don't think college is for everybody, but I was very fortunate to, uh, hell, listen, some of the, some of the most, some of my closest, wealthiest friends, uh, and wealth goes more than just the financial piece, are guys that never went to college. They're just all hardworking, disciplined guys. They were a hell of an athlete in, in high school. And, you know, went out and started their own businesses from like literally doing something, whether it was a mechanic or, or a plumber or electrician and said, well, shit, I can do this, <laughs> you know, too. And it took the business acumen of it. So let's say, what about, what about you care? I think discipline is definitely key. I know I pulled it, it you know, like Mickey was saying, you know, it, it really required. And I, it's, I think it helps me out today is uh, multitasking and, and, uh, and and just being able to 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 do multiple things at once you know and 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 be balanced and structured you know when you you know my experience has always been you know with 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 practicing game day and stuff it's always and and always be prepared so you know um i i was always made sure i was prepared did my homework and did my work and and I know I've been in a couple of situations too, where it's like, you know, if you prepare and, and you, and, and you do the work you're supposed to do before you start a project, you know, it, that you're, you're going to do better than, than even some of the most talented people. So, um, those are a lot that I had taken away that I, I, I apply every day. Yeah. If you fail to play and you're playing to fail, you know, so you kind of alluded to a little bit, you know, Kevin, when you're eating breakfast with my cigar, like I know you love to do, I feel like I slept with you the night before every time I watch one of those videos. Poor uh, Jessica. Um, but you were talking about how you, uh, how what you, what you were pre- 
which how you prepare for anything you're doing. And you were particularly talking about your show that you have a day that you prepare for the show. So, you know, that's, yeah, I think Kurt's spot on with that too as well. Yeah, that, that, that's it. You know, he's uh, being prepared. That's uh, the Boy Scout motto. I was never a Boy Scout, but that's always, you know, like tonight I've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, seven pages of notes. I like to be, I like to be prepared. I never played sports growing up, even in uh, elementary school, middle school. Um, I never even took PE. I was, I was a volunteer at the library. So I was yeah, a, uh, an assistant. Well, that's what was that Dewey Decimal System, Kevin? Yeah, you kept you very organized. Wait, wait, well, that was a sport, you know. When I say the sport in the context that you did something else besides just go to fucking school, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, when I got my middle kid. She's not doing anything. Uh, yeah, well, she's now the you know she she knows everybody. She's a freshman, and you think people think she's probably a junior or a senior because she knows everybody, but uh, you know, like. Use that, like get involved with student government or something. Do something. Extracurricular you know? right. activities. Right. Yeah. But- nobody's going to hire you. If, you, if you're going to do the traditional route, nobody's going to hire you <laughs> high school, with a college diploma. This is in the 1920s and the 30s and 40s where you got a college degree and you automatically a job fall, fall on the sky. Now it's just, you know. Oh, yeah. Now, now like I said, yeah, if you don't have those extracurricular, if you don't have anything else to show, a college right. degree, no matter what it is, I mean, you're not getting in anywhere. Yeah, you know, go to a so, trade school, you know? Yeah, I, I'm a big advocate of the trade school. I love That's trade schools. I, I, I think um, everybody should go to go to trade schools, you know, for yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, but can you tell people why you didn't play sports? Oh, I... Uh, legit reason why. Well, well that, I, I mean, I was clumsy, you know, but but no. So, so, uh, so I, I was, I, when I was, I think, in fifth grade I, uh, or fourth grade, um, they found out I was blind in my right eye. So I have no vision, completely uh, legally blind in my right eye. Um, see all the top doctors uh, in the country. I had a benign tumor on my optic nerve. So back then they didn't know any, they didn't know right. as what they know now. So they, they always thought like a blow to the head could dislodge it and kill me or give me a stroke. And now it's just, you know, it's just, it's just there. So um, my uncle Eddie was like that. Yeah, I grew up in Daytona Beach, Florida, and we were all my uncles were known great football players. And uh, my uncle Eddie, he couldn't. Now he was born without an eye, so he had one of these fake eyes. Oh and yeah, where people's houses would fall out, or he oh he'd God, awesome. with his beer glass in college, and, and he's still a nut. But now what they did is when he got older, they were able to connect his nerves from his one eye and mimic it. So when his one eye moves, his fake eye. You have to. You have to have a. You got to know what you're looking for to know that he's got a fake eye now. Really? Uh, oh, so, crazy. So can he see out of that eye or no? No, no. no but it mimics <laughs> his other eye. Oh, okay. Kevin, what is going on? Well, he said he connected the wires. You know, like you well, know, they, well, they connected, <laughs> they connected the muscles. I guess. I guess. Oh. That sort of bit, some like the muscles. <laughs> oh, okay. They have behind where the eye was supposed to be, and it worked in unison, or they split those muscles. I don't know how they completely did it. <laughs> But now it mimics his other eye, so that's amazing. You have to have anything in the library. Yeah, so I, I mean, I didn't learn about eyes. Yeah, yeah, mine, yeah, but yeah, yeah, both mine move just. I mean, just just fine. But yeah, were you in the Braille been. section? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, that's the uh, geography. You know, but, geography. But, but but on mine, even even to this day, there they say there's a there's a fifty fifty chance. Like I said they they can try and go in and remove the tumor. But there's only a 50% chance that it won't work. The other 50% chance is I lose vision in both eyes. So, 
50-50 is not good for me. I'm waiting for some bionic shit in another 20 years. Well, the one I was going up to figure out how good looking Jessica was. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So so let's we'll so let we'll we'll you move along. So, that. Yeah, that, that, that's it. <laughs> and and I and well and one eye I have no depth perception, so don't ever throw anything at me because it's going to hit me. Um, I'll, sometimes like some someone throws me keys, I'll just hold my hand out praying that they hit my hand and then I just close it at the right time, you know, or a ball. Yeah, you know. I remember when we first started dating, you I I didn't know about like you not having any like and you she'd know, throw shit at me. I, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. then you'd be like, Can you not do that? And I'd be like, Why? Like, what's happening? You're like, because I can't Tell yeah, yeah I, I, I just can't tell in space where it's at, you know. It's uh, But my eye doctor is mind-boggled that I can play golf. He goes, I don't even understand how you hit the ball. And he goes, you shouldn't be able to hit the ball. Um, but I don't I don't know. I guess it's, you know. Well, are you right-handed or left-handed? Uh, I write right-handed, but uh, um, I'm ambidextrous, so I can kind of, you know, I kind of do You're everything. Amphibious? But yeah, yeah, I'm amphibious. So, uh, uh, <laughs> so what side of the ball do you hit? Do you do you, do you golf right handed? I, I I I play I play right handed, but if I got a chip out of from behind something, I don't have a problem, you know, uh, uh, flipping so the club. What's your better eye? Your your left eye or your right eye? My left eye is my good eye. Oh uh, well, if you're golfing right handed, that makes sense because that's the, that's the eye you're supposed to be looking at the back of the ball. Yeah. So. Yeah. The only thing I can't do is I can't shoot like a rifle. I I've never been able to learn to shoot. Uh, opposite handed, so then I can't yeah, lean yeah. over for the scope. Um, I just can't shoot uh, left handed, so um, I've, I've tried, and I rarely ever shoot a rifle. Anyways, it's always handgun, so who who cares, you know? And but all right, so 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 you you you, you finished college. Um, so for people that may not have caught the first show you were on, or 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 know a lot about you, like the cliff notes of your career. Like out of college, you were in the cigar business, out of the cigar business, back in the cigar business. Um, so give us like the cliff notes of your uh, yeah of your so, life. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it really quick because I've told this story a million times. Uh, about my junior year, I got a part-time job at Georgetown Tobacco in Washington, D.C. And it was – there wasn't that many tobacco shops back then. And uh, I was just very fortunate. And from there, I got an offer to go to Davidoff and help them go from a – they had a broker sales force and they were building a direct sales force. And I was one of their first direct sales reps. And I had the territory from basically Maryland down to, it kind of fluctuated, but it kind of ended up Maryland down to South Carolina. And then from there, what I was doing was we take a point of merchants down to the Dominican Republic. And I kind of learned it from a very high level, you know, what the factories were all about. And got to a point I became friends with this guy by the name of Raymond Schur, who was a global brand ambassador. So he was in charge of uh, basically training all the appointed merchants around the, the globe. And he was like, yeah, that Mickey guy, he's uh, he likes the Brugal. Bring him down a little bit more often. So I got a little bit more of a national exposure with a lot of retailers around the United States. Uh, so I was managing my territory plus doing that. And we usually did that in the beginning of the year where sales weren't the best anyways, right? So that's when the crops were the best. Uh, you can see the whole – when you go down that time of year – you could see everything from the nursery all the way out to the finca, into the barns. You could see the whole process, right? So uh, from there, uh, basically, <laughs> I, I went to uh, CAO. Timmy brought me in at CAO, and I was uh, started out as national sales manager, then VP of sales, and 
worked on the blending of the cigars with those guys. And obviously it was always Tim's call. And um, I was just very fortunate to have another great insight into the cigar making process from there. They sold. And a year later, I was gone. A year later, everybody else was pretty much gone from the company. Uh, and I went back to the Philadelphia area because I had actually moved my family to Nashville for five years for that. And uh, I was actually already working on my master's at the University of Pennsylvania, which I was flying in on the weekends. And John was paying for that. I had a good friend at Lincoln Financial who brought me in. And I trained. So it took me about two years. And I, was, I trained. Uh, got finished on my master's at Penn, got my all my licenses and, and designations. And by the time I was actually out in the field wholesaling mutual funds to financial advisors who would take those and customers, nobody questioned how long I was in the business because I was I was older, right? And <laughs> it was funny because at one point I scored like one of the biggest deals for our unit for the year. And I'm sitting there with this guy named John Kennedy and Will Fuller, who are the two top guys at Lincoln Financial, and they're like, when are you just fucking selling cigars two years ago? <laughs> I go, yeah. So uh, that got, <clears throat> honestly, to be a bit exhausting, the fact that I was traveling, doing everything else like I'd always done before. And I said, well, if I'm going to do this, let's do something I love. And so me and my buddy Frank, uh, around 2017, put a plan together. Uh, playing on being down in the factory since in 18, couldn't be down there because the political climate was so bad. It was down there in 19. And then our first container to come in was, uh, the only one that really came in on time was uh, February 2020. We were giddy. Kind of kind of like, okay, what do we do now with this whole COVID kind of situation? I was actually down in the factories and because um, I wanted to be the last one to see our first regular production get on a container. You know, go from the freezer to the container to the United States, and I wanted to be the first one to receive it back in the United States. And Skip and a couple other buddies down there said, you need to get the hell out of here right now. This thing's a lot bigger than you think it is. I mean, we were watching all the things about China, and and then, you know, when he flew, you, had to, you know, were, were you in mainland China in the last 60 days or something? He had to answer those questions. So I got back, and we were like, I started Frankie, I go, what are we going to do? I was in about 40 locations. So I literally did is I loaded up my car and from northern Jersey down to northern middle Virginia, out to West Virginia, I delivered product and ran the, the consumer's credit card or a friend of mine's credit card to the local, the closest retailer that supported me of those four. So we created some goodwill doing that. Then I wasn't really doing it for goodwill. You know, I was doing it just not to go freaking insane and kind of be in touch because I'm kind of a hyper person. I like to be in front of people and stuff like that. Uh, and so just, you know, from there, and then last year was our first full year. And so we're, you know, our first full year without COVID, I guess you want to say. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, here we are with this year. So, you know, we so, have five uh, brokers and we're in 350 locations. I'll, I'll, I'll get with you after the show. Cause we got Tim Osinger on the show, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. So yeah. I, I want, I want some Tim stories. So I'll get with you later on and uh, we'll get a, a couple of, uh, <laughs> uh, Tim stories, but it's good to see him back in the game. Yeah. He's a great guy. He's very creative. He's going to up the game and it's going to help to find the line with a lot of these, you know, boutique kind of situations, which is uh, funny because I, I'm like, thanks for calling me boutique, but I'm micro. I heard Kurt say before, I'm yeah. micro boutique, you know, so. Uh, he's gonna bring. A, he's gonna. I think he's gonna bring a lot. So, uh, 
you know, fortunately I have friends on both sides of that kind of situation they're in. And so I, ho I hope they all work it out. It's like watching two brothers fight, I guess. So, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, yeah I don't want to explain that. It. I got my own. I, company, neither neither do I, because I I've only heard like just it, from what I have heard, it's just, it's insane of what's going on. Like I said, we won't even, right. we won't even del delve into that, but, um, why, so, so why Rocky, you know? So, uh, um, uh, did you guys have a, um, a relationship. I mean, your cigars are made in case people don't know Tavakusa, uh, right. Rocky Patel. So how, how did you get with in Tavakusa? How'd you get with Rocky? Well, there's two things. One of the things that I like to say, and it, uh, is I kind of like Robbie Levine's model, you know, Robbie Levine obviously owns, uh, Holtz and Ashton. Uh, when I, I say his model, I'm talking about his cigar model. So, uh, before my other manufacturer friends yell at me. Um, so, you know, he's got one partner in the Dominican Republic and he's got one partner, you know, in Central America. And obviously the dynamics of that could be changed because his partner, part owner is opening up a factory down there. So um, it is so much logistics and having the relationship I had with Rocky for so many years and went down and that was a whole different process where we thought we were going to interview Rocky, actually Rocky and his team interviewed us. And um, we knew that we didn't want to be bouncing around all around Nicaragua doing different projects. We want to go to the DR. Um, we're starting to have talks with people in the DR, but there's so much we have to do. It takes so much just with one factory. And I love everything that he was doing there. That place is just really pumping out some great cigars. So everything from the fact that they let me do my blending. There's a lot of these great people down there that a lot of great people are working with. They don't have the autonomy to do what they want to do, right? So... Uh, I do, and I can be, I'm down there four or five times a year and they know when I'm down there, I'm down there working on my cigars and we're going to get stuff done. So it, it, it's the fact that that can be down there. Some of these other people that have other projects that they work with other people and not other projects, uh, brands don't have that autonomy. And plus he lets me use almost whatever tobacco. And if I need some other tobacco, we get it. We just source some other tobacco from somebody else, you know, um, that wasn't in a normal portfolio of the library tobaccos that I have access to. So it's, you know, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's that, that I think that's the biggest reason is the quality, what you're getting out of there for what they're doing, you know, with the structure of the cigar, uh, what they do with the tobacco, all that stuff I don't do. You know, I look at the tobacco, I look at it when it's done and it's ready to roll. And then I look at it again after it's rolled, they let me do the architecture the way I want to do it. You know, uh, am I a blender? I guess yes. Am I a master blender? Far, far from yes. Am I more of a designer? Uh, I say yes. Um, a lot of these things are things that I always wanted to do, and they worked. The combustion of the tobacco worked. Uh, the flavor worked, and you know, so just being able to have that ability is, uh, is is a godsend. And as of right now, I think we're the only one that has that relationship as a brand owner. There, there could be a couple other things that are going on. I know they have some other kind of retail projects. There could be other some brand owners that do have things going on, and maybe they keep it quiet. But uh, you know, when I'm down there, I, I'm just working on my cigars. So, you know, that blows me away from when you say that you had to source some other tobacco. Like looking at Rocky's portfolio, like how could how did you how did he not have what you wanted? That is mind blowing. Uh, no, it's not his fault at all. It's uh, it's something super specific for us. I got two special projects I'm working on that I wanted to work with in some of the specs of that, and then um, 
some of the tobacco. Yeah, I mean he, I mean he buys from everybody. You know, now that he makes his own Esteli, those fields didn't work. It was a great yield last year for tobacco, but unfortunately he was in the lowest part of that section of Esteli, so he couldn't do any tobacco that year. But uh, yeah, we, we buy from all the same people, Placencia, ASB, and stuff like that. So. Uh, so, so you, so you said you're, you're, you're not a master blender. Um, so when you started, um, so when you started, the you people know, that the, call themselves master blenders and I never see them in the fucking factories are full of shit. <laughs> so, so did you like, so, so you, you went into Rocky, so you guys had this relationship and, you know, obviously you started blending your own cigars. Um, right. did, did you need to, you know, did you need his help or his, you know, to refine them or were you able to, you know, get them to a finished product or you're like, Hey, this is what I'm looking for, but I need oh, a little help. Yeah. So I don't work with Rocky at all. in blending at all or Nish. And then Nish does some blending too. Uh, well, you and Nish blend, but it's more. Yeah. That's, that's like ebony and ivory, right? They, you know, <laughs> and then me and Nimish, they call him the white. They call him the brown Mickey and me the white. Yeah. Guy, yeah. So, whatever. so I'm like, he's fatter than me. Uh, no, uh, no, so, you know, from that sense, I, you know, when I see Rocky, I was like, give me one of your cigars. He wants to smoke it because he owns the majority of that factory. And because um, I haven't, eh, a couple times we've said, what about this? Or, oh, you know, certain tobaccos, like, what about I haven't worked with that? What's the combustion like? What it is? What do we need to, how do, how much are we got to work that in pre-industry in order to make that viable, you know, in, a, in an end patola? But nothing, we usually talk about politics when I see, when I see Rocky, so. Or we talk on the phone. It's more about what's going on on the hill situation, or him being over in Europe. Miki, you got to get to Europe now. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I know. Um, I also have about fucking a thousand more shelves I need to be on in the United States. Yeah, but it's, you know what you should. I thought you're going to see some young brands here, or uh, smaller brands that have been around for a while. I really think that you're going to see more trajectory building for them out of the, the European market just because the European market has made it so viable for that. Mm-hmm. So we made a conscious decision that we're not going to look at it until 2023 and then exercise on until 2024. And that could put us behind the game. We don't know, but we also don't want to lose our eye on what we have and what we accomplished so far with, um, you know, literally we had two setbacks, right? So we couldn't read in the factories in 18. And then we had, you know, we we're behind the curtain during one of the greatest cigar years you know, in the last 10, 15 years. Right. So, um, now we have some trajectory. I don't, I don't want to lose that momentum. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely don't want to, you know, um, um, you know, start getting bigger in Europe. And then like I said, then, then U S suffers. Then what was the point of going right. to you going to, to, to Europe? And, and, and I'm glad to see, you know, like I said, you know, um, Rocky's a huge factory. He blends a lot of cigars for a lot of people. Um, I don't know. Well, not, uh, not, not in Tabacusa. No, not in Tavacusa. No, just just Rocky Patel yeah. in, in 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 general. Um, yes, yeah, so when I blend, I work more with Amika or or uh, Herbert. Yeah, okay. Kind of, because he'll look at the recipe book and go, "Mickey, you're getting too close to something over here. You need to back off." There's something that Rocky's been already working on. Well, he has a thousand brands. I think nine hundred <laughs> brands or skews. Yeah, yeah. Skews, yeah. Well, skews. Yeah, well, skews and brands are yeah. Yeah, but and. But also in the Tabacusa factory, the production out of there is one, the lowest production out of any of the factories he uses. Are you really out of Tabacusa? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's just, like I know there's some retailer stuff that's being worked because I've seen it when I'm down there. But like that's like the DBS comes out of there, the ALR. 
all the all the stuff of the 25 million sticks that he produces a year, most of that is coming out of either Honduras or some of the other Placencia factories. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, but I'm also glad. To, I'm also glad. All, he wants to build a compound now to make everything all inclusive. So he'll have a Nicaraguan compound, and they'll still have that same facility in Honduras as well. Okay, and I'm glad to see that that you're actually involved. You know, because because there are there are brand owners that you know that that Karen and I have met. You know that you know they're made by Rocky Patel, and they don't know anything about their cigars. <laughs> You know, it's just, really. you know, it's, it's, it's one of those, you know, yeah, they're, you know, they, they always throw that out. I, I, that's why I love that you also don't promote that. You know, um, uh, if, if someone asks you, yeah, they're made by Rocky Patel. It's, it's, you know, it, it's free knowledge, but some of the people are like, yeah, this is my cigar. It's made by Rocky Patel. You know, it's made yeah, by Rocky. Well, sometimes that could be polarizing too. So, you know, uh, so it, it's got to make sure that they know the dynamics of it that's behind it. So, uh, yeah, I'm down there. Like I, there's a lot of brand owners I see. They win a couple of awards. I don't see them in the field, and I don't, I don't see them literally in the field, the sales field, and I don't see them in the freaking pinkas either. So even in the off season, you know, <clears throat> you'll see them down there at the beginning of the year. And now we have pro, you know, you know, the support of the Nicaraguan festival uh, <laughs> looks like it's going to get off the ground this year. They'll be down there to take their pictures when the yield's high and all that. <laughs> You don't see, I don't see him down there in fucking July when you're sweating your ass off and stuff like that, like working on. Because I see, because I hang out with the other guys that are down there. You know, I'm down. We're, you know, at the end of the day, we're all guzzling Florida Kanye and smoking each other's cigars. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a a couple of manufacturers, but Nicaragua and the Dominican. You know, like, hey, we need to get you down there. I'm like, yeah, like summer works for me. It's better, like June, July. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't want to be down here. Well, you're gonna uh, see. Well, you see less, and it's a lot hotter. So yeah, and you got to be out of the fields by like ten o'clock in the morning, and then you can't get back out there until two. Or three. You can, <laughs> but you know, you'll melt away. You know, but um, but also those early, the like you know that that January to March is a is a great time to be down there because you can see almost every step of everything going on. Yeah, care. We got to get down there. You know, we'll go this summer. It'll be a great weight loss program. <laughs> Well, yeah. here's the other thing too with Nicaragua. They on my, one of my last trips down is you don't have to test to get into the country anymore. So you don't you didn't have to test to get out, which was easier on the way out, uh, but you don't have to test to get in. So that's uh, because oh, they okay. had really arduous rules to get in. You, they had a 72 hour and they had a 36 hour, which was very complicated. If you didn't know what the system was, once you learned the system, it was okay. Oh, ever yeah, more people were complaining about the getting the out getting out you know, driving, you know, hours to get tested. And, uh, that, yeah, we kind of figured that out. We, we came with a polling system of sneaking the, uh, the test in that you could do online that were acceptable for the United States. But if they saw those when you came in, they would confiscate them. So we brought oh, okay. them all different ways, and we started our own little cache of them. So now you can go to any factory. If you need one, they got a 100 of them sitting there. <laughs> we, built, we built up these caches with all our different buddies, getting them down there one way or another. So, yeah, and did you say an online COVID test? Is that what you're? Yeah, yeah. so there's a lot of things <laughs> in Europe. Uh, well, you had to do it. They, they monitor the whole thing. You got to do it. And they take the test, and you, it, it, it was it takes about 45 minutes to do it. But you, as long as you had Wi-Fi, you could get it done. Okay. But, they, but Nicaragua, if they found those in your luggage when you came in. They took them from you. They confiscated because yeah. they wanted you to go through the state. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and that's what everybody was uh, was complaining about. It's just going. Nicaragua had nothing to do with you getting out of the country. All yeah. that had to do with you testing getting in the country. Oh, geez. Now, now you had brought it up and uh, um, uh, a few minutes ago. Um, and, and the one question, like I said, you know, more, more and more boutique brand owners now, um, um, either big boutique, micro boutique. Um, the big thing is partnering with with several manufacturers and to use it, like I said, in your financial terms, diversifying your portfolio, you know, not putting all your eggs in one basket. So um, but you said that's something you want to look into. You know, a, a- yeah, well, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want multiple vendors, you know, so, uh, no, I'm, I'm not in a hurry. Oh, oh okay. I so- no, I, I, I'm the opposite. I want, I, I want to be fake. Lin- I call it fake linear where I'm using one factory. Now I have multiple box makers. I have multiple cigar band makers. I have multiple swag makers. I have multiple, but when it comes to, um, when it comes to cigars, no, it's, it's so arduous. If you look at the successful guys right now, if you look at their model, they're dealing with one factory. Saka's a great example. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, Saka's got great branding. He's got yeah. great friends. He's got great cigars. And they let him do whatever the F he wants in there, right? So, and that's a that's a big component, too, because some of these guys that have all those great things aren't going to let you do what you want in those factories. You know, Tabacusa, they give me all the rope I, I, I can take to hang myself, but, you know. <laughs> uh, now, these guys that are diversified, I don't know how they do it. Like, I have Frank, my partner, who's behind the scenes. He handles, look, watches the inventory. He watches the dollars, the numbers, and all that stuff. When we get caught up once a quarter, and I show him what I'm doing, he's what he's doing, and plus we're talking on a weekly basis. Uh but to have those conversations, to have somebody to help me with that administrabia in the background, it's nuts. Could um, you imagine us having these conversations over three to four different factories? There's yeah. a lot of phone calls that go on. There's stuff that gets missed in translation. You have to have a conversation. You know, what about this? When this production is made, where's the box over here? Like I went down there three weeks, four weeks before one of my last trips down before PCA. I said, what the fuck, guys? Cigars are done over here. The boxes are sitting over here. The fucking cigar bands are over here. Put them the fuck together. It doesn't anybody write down anything in this fucking country. And the cigars were put together the following week. You know? <laughs> but if I didn't go down, they're like, you're down here a lot. I'm like, hell yeah, you're going to see a lot of me. And I love those guys. And uh, and they're like, we love it that you do that because, you know, we had a, we had a, we had a, we had a tough, like, two hours of worth of discussions. They're like, we're glad you're down there on us. It helps us keep us on top. Plus, you got to make sure they're rolling the cigars the, the way you want them rolled, you know. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a lot of work. You know? Now, now, how, um, how often are, are you? I mean, are you when you get shipments in? Are are you? You know, are you? You know, randomly sampling them, or are they? You know, yeah. So we do. We, well, there's several different ways. It's either if they if uh, we have a big container shipment coming in, meaning it's like one of our heavy loads, we go straight down there. Or we have a system where we have them do a, ca- a case touch for us. And then um, what it is, like, the same kind of sampling system that we have, me and Frank get them. And then we get. And I said, all right, we have four days to sample these, four days to sample those. And then we, then we come back and send each other notes on what's happening with the cigar. Uh, and then we do visual checks, too. So. 
Now, now does Rocky have a bonded warehouse over here where where he stores? No, everything? he doesn't. Uh, I think he's going to build one. His new and his new one that he built. He, he's. I think he's going. They're talking about putting a bonded in there, but we still wouldn't work with him on that. Um, well, we might. You know, at La Plina does all our shipping for us. Now, okay. Alan Rubin, who does shipping for a lot of people, like I believe he does, Nick Malayo and a couple other people, uh, he has a bonded side, and we're to a point where we need to start thinking about bonded. Because you know that can open up anywhere from thirty to one hundred fifty thousand dollars of cash flow. You know what I mean. So what that does is that helps you keep your cash flow going. So you only pay the taxes once they cross that line. Now you got to pay a small fee to use somebody else's bonded. Uh, well, you'd have to pay a fee if you had if you had your own bonded warehouse because it costs something to go through that process, right? So, uh, but it's something that we got to we got to look at within the next uh, eighteen months to twenty four months. About because that could open up a good amount of cash flow for us. Oh yeah, I was just when I was over in Texas, I went over and saw the guys at McAuliffe Cigars. Yeah, you know, for their warehouse over there. And, yeah, he's got Dan has bonded over there. No, he doesn't. Not he doesn't. He, he oh, doesn't. I he done. No, I, they don't have. Well, I, I don't. I don't know if I should say that or not. But um, yeah, no, he doesn't have it done. So <laughs> no, like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So so when I was there, like I said, as they, as they, they are with money. You, yeah, I you thought. Know, you, I thought in our last conversation he had a bonded warehouse. Yeah, they're they're, they're working on it. Like it's almost there. But uh, but yeah, they have their entire supply. You know, and and, I, and I'm looking at you know you know two three four million sticks. You know, right. and I'm like not bought. And I'm like trying to do this math in my head. And I'm like, oh my god, that's like, a the, lot. <laughs> you know, like the money that that you that you have. You know, by not having a, a bonded, it just it's mind blowing. You know, so. But yeah, so I and I know Luzione has a bonded warehouse in Texas as uh, as well. So, well, but he also he's got a very he's got a very ingenious system on how he manages the West Coast with brands though too. So when you're doing what he's kind of doing with his with his distribution model, uh, you know, I wonder if Suckless if they have a bonded warehouse. I mean, I've never talked to him. I, I never wanted to ever like let go of distribution. So. Um, but you know, uh, I know that's with Dion. That's been a very critical part of his business model. Yeah. So you mentioned La Plina. You ever talked to Sammy Phillips? All the time. So, then, yeah. then, t- then tell him to call me. And uh, I've been trying to get him on the show. I have been trying. I've been told everybody for like two years. Hey, can Sammy Phillips please give me a call and uh, and, and get on the show? Um, Sammy has a middleman that handles all that stuff, and the middleman hasn't been too too uh, good about. Uh, Getting Sammy on the show because Sam, Sammy's a great Sammy's a great guy. I want to pick him. I yeah, I, I want I want to pick his brain. You know, uh, no. Yeah. So it's Sammy and Clay, and then uh, God, his national sales manager's out of Vegas. So yeah. So so let's 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 move into the uh, move into the blends and let's let's uh, let, let's talk about them a little bit. Um, since this is a cigar show and, and you're and you're you're here to hawk some cigars, <laughs> but uh, um, we'll talk about the blends. So uh, the Solamente, the Dedication, the St. Francis. Uh, let's start with the Solamente. Let's go over um, um, where the name come from. Let's start, well, let's start off in general, like all St. Cigars. So obviously... Yeah, you know, if you go in progression, you're going in the right direction. So Yeah, so so let's talk about all St. Cigars to begin with, because you said you went to a Catholic uh, college. So is that where... I had nothing. Yeah, that was kind of all accidental. So Okay. <laughs> The, the name All Saints basically is in the dedication, the first regular production. I named all the Batolas after mentors in my life. And I kept referring to them as saints. 
So my buddy Martin looks at me and uh, my partner Frank and goes, uh, well, Mickey, you're Michael, so St. Michael, Frank, St. Francis. He goes, why don't you guys call his, like, what we call the company? All Saints. And I went, oh, I liked it. I go, why have one saint where you can have them all? We all kind of laughed and loved the way it sounded and was good. Knew that I wanted to have a shield. And then same guy, Martin, goes, our other partner goes, well, what about this cross? It kind of looks like the Florida Lee. It's kind of cool looking. And I'm like, that's the St. James cross. So St. James is the patron saint of Nicaragua, plus Santiago is St. James, you know, in Dominican. So we'll go to Dominican. So uh, that kind of stuck. So that's how the name came to be. Um, Solamente, what happened was we you know, went down in 17, started working on this project. We did, did 15,000 cigars of 5x58 at Solamente. And... Uh, so 2018, nothing happened. I get down there in 2019 and start working on these other blends that have come to market. And uh, Amica kept going, Miki, Miki, Quince Mio, Solamente, Solamente. What are we going to do? Scars. And I go, bring one of those out of here. I go, do I own these? He goes, yeah, but you haven't paid for them. Like, <laughs> All right, good. Bring them out. We spoke to it. I liked it. And I, and I immediately texted Frank, who was back in the States, and I said, Listen, we're going to be able to get to market. Well, I thought we could get to market a little bit quicker with at least one cigar. And uh, I said, trademark Solamente. He goes, oh, I like the name. What does that mean? I go, I don't care. I'll answer that. <laughs> Call Herrera and get that thing freaking trademarked right now. So he reaches out to Herrera. We get that set up. Um, actually, I don't even know we used Herrera for that one. I, I can't remember. So, uh, So that came to be. And um, that's where I kind of started with the first 40 accounts. And then uh, Dedication came to market um, February. Well, let's back up. What, what does Solamente mean? Only. Oh, only. Okay. Yeah. Like, only, like, we only have 15,000 of these. We only have 15. You oh. only get 15,000. Oh, Kevin, you got to brush up on your German. <laughs> yes, I, I, I need to. Yeah. <laughs> no, my, fa my favorite. Uh, my favorite German word is when you go up and down like the uh, Autobahn and it's Asphalt is exit. Asphalt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's the Asphalt. Yeah. So, 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 so you, so you, asphalt, you asphalt, good. yeah. <laughs> so you, so you, so you follow it up with a dedication, which is a, which got a 94 rating from Cigar Authority and a 91 yeah. rating from Half Wheel. I mean, those are two big. Yeah. yeah. And we got those fairly quickly. So that was very exciting because we were still behind the curtain. Uh, actually, and um, came out on August 7th because it was my anniversary. I finally was able to take the family out to my well, we out to dinner with my wife for our anniversary. I think we took the girls with us because it was we just get out for a nice time. We went to Fleming's and my phone's blowing up. And, and Jesus Christ, you know, why is my phone blowing up at like on a Friday night or whatever night it was? And um, I thought maybe I was supposed to be on some kind of podcast or something. And you no, know, so we got the 91. So that brought a lot of attention. That helped us, you know, with some market penetration. Uh, and then, you know, that has uh, a Mexican wrapper on it, San Andres. One of the tobaccos in there I like to talk about is called Jalapa. And, you know, obviously that region is going to hit that, that, that sweet side of the palate. So I always love that. Now, the Solamente, not going to really tell you what was in there. That's a Habana wrapper. I'll give you that much. Um but we are going to do those cigars have already been done again and rolled in February. And we'll release those at the show next year. 
and we're called those Solomente 23, Solomente 23, the packaging and all that stuff we're still working on. Right now, so okay. so we're not, we don't want to do a lot of limited editions. We just want to get a lot of horses to stable and get them out there. I, I, I know limited editions work for a while. I, I just, it's not that I'm against them, that I'm not going to do them in the future. It's just, we don't have a whole lot. Like we have mm-hmm. one line that we're coming out with next year. We have one limited edition, 500 boxes, the Solamente. And we have two to three special projects we're working on with other different, with different people. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how many uh, uh, makers we've had on the show. And, you know, I'll, I'll mention, you know, that their first PCA that they launched with, 12 cigars eight cigars different and i'm like how is that you know boggles my mind you know to, to show up you know right out of the gate with you know 8 10 12 12 different cigars yeah that's a tough scenario i mean we run it all over again and then you know uh you know we came out with four lines and two pcas basically but you know it's um uh it was like a necessary evil. We want, we want, we know we wanted like something on the mild side or something on the medium and, you know, something, you know, reaching towards a full. So that dedication is from a one to 10, I would say it's a definite of five in, um, in strength. Um, I love it. I love that profile. I have a sweet tooth myself. It's like, it's so funny because Amika and Arbor go down there, Miki, Miki, there's other tobaccos besides Jalapa. And I go, I know because I always want Jalapa on the table. We'll get down there. Um, and then we came out with the St. Francis and then St. Francis has an Oscuro wrapper on it, you know, from Ecuador and there's some Condega in there. And, you know, I know Condega, that region can sometimes be polarizing with that salt, that salt Ford really got a good response from that. We got some really nice ratings. I actually got panned by uh half wheel, which is fine. They, they said it had barnyard manure in it. Um, and I had a nice little laugh. We we laughed and <laughs> we laughed. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, Je- Jessica laughs at me because when when I when I'll I'll take notes on cigars and I and I get the barnyard manure and she's like, I, what, what what is what is barnyard manure? And I go, I don't I, know. I hate, I hate that term. So I, I, I it, doesn't, it doesn't mean I'm right. Everybody's yeah. Well, um, it bothers me. It I don't know why that bothers me. I don't so know why much. it bothers me either. It's like my my. My partner says, "Shut the f up and quit bitching about it." You know. So. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what it is, what is but that that, like, I, I, well, so uh, and then, um, so what happened? So now that San Francis got under the radar, cigar of the year with Dojo, cigar authority, cigar of the year, dedication was up for cigar of the year the year before that, but we didn't we didn't win. And then um, Ask Quarterly gave us Cigar of the Year, and then I got a bunch of Ricky Bobbies. It was like, uh, matter of fact, my first Ricky Bobby I got from Matthew Tobacco, and I think I took a picture of his second place thing that he sent me. <laughs> oh I put God. Ricky Bobby's face on it and sent it back to him. <laughs> and he was like offended. I was like, no, I'll take second place, dude. I'm not one of those like you just like listen. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't know you got dojos. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that was a those dojos. Yeah, we supposed to get a couple others that I forgot too, and I'm sorry. Uh, and then Boston Jimmy, because we shipped the last week of freaking the Colorado. We shipped it the last week of last year. Uh, we saw each other at the Heritage, which when you and I were doing the, we were doing, we were dancing in the middle of the uh, thing. <laughs> Uh, that that festival, uh, he gave me small cigar of the year for the Churchill. Uh, there's been a lot of chatter about the Colorado, and the Habano is starting to get some chatter. Um, 
But then again, you know, we we came to market with so we have four lines and six patolas in every line. So it's like that could be a lot. And we know that every not everybody's gonna take every patola. And our newest patola in every line, which is the Vesper, which is a four and a half by forty-four round, we're gonna do it. They're gonna come in boxes of twenty-five, and they'll be out just in time for the retailers not to put anything else back on the shelves until next year. So, you know, well Yeah, that, that was that that was actually my next question was uh, was talking about the uh, uh the Vesper, the the four and a half by forty-four. Yeah um, petite corona. So for, first, mm. but what 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 does Vesper mean? You know, what is, well, we're getting to the point where we're kind of naming uh, Batolas after like all my six by sixties. I call huge because I call everybody huge. We call uh, all the torpedoes miter, like the Pope's hat or the Bishop's hat, (laughs) like a torpedo. Uh, I got that name from a guy named Todd Beisel over at Wooden Indian who. Okay. Yeah, Todd. Todd, Yeah. Yeah. That's who uh, those Todd and Dan and all those guys who introduced, uh, actually introduced us. And then the best part is just like evening reflection, even meditation. When I went to Valley Forge Military Academy, we always had evening vespers. It was always like a quick like thought, whatever. Also means like evening star, the North Star. You know, it's just it, it basically I, I interpret vespers as something short, sweet, and whatever. So, so that's uh, where that name came from. All right. Yeah, and, and just going back, like I said when you made Cigar Authority um, uh, the Cigar of the Year, right. Cigar Authority, they never two guys, they didn't carry your cigars at that time, did they? Uh, they had just started. Or they oh they just started. Yeah. Okay, like, yeah. It took me two years to get into Abe and we've been I know he was my first interview, I think I did. Uh so Abe was uh two years, Abe took me a while to get into Cigar Authority, took me a while to get into small batch. Famous, another good friend. Finally met with Arthur last two weeks ago. Uh, those are like the, the the biggest house. And I'm in. I'm in. Laura brought me into Best just recently. So that's I'll it. You, I'm, I'll that's tell it. you right now, those guys from uh, Small Batch have great customer service. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Here, they, they're there. They, they really, they really do. I they, ordered yeah. cigars from there. Nice and then Jeff. And then Jeff. Uh, you know, Jeff and I, I don't, you know, we just haven't connected. You know, I took Jeff to buy his first barrel and he loves telling that story. Oh, you know what? You, I think you told me that at, uh, um, at, at great smoke this year that, yeah. uh, that you had, uh, took him to find or buy. So, so how, how did that, uh, how, how did you get with Jeff and buying the barrel? Days, so, oh, okay. So, so way, way back, way back in the yeah, day. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, um, he's definitely exploded on, on that scene. Right. Yeah. Uh, with, mm-hmm. with, with the whiskey. So, so why a four and a half by 44, a petite Corona? Is that so something that something like that? That's a size I have that I bring back naturally for myself to smoke. And do you? Uh, oh yeah. It's just, you know what? We're, when you're down the back, we smoke a lot of those. We really do. Like when we're done, like jamming our palate, we just do those. And if you look over and you're out to dinner with somebody you're like, Hey, you got, what do you got? You got anything small over there? You got a petite run or anything? You know, what do you got? You got a half less arrow or whatever, you know, let me have it. So, uh, and it, and it's perfect for the winter work, walk the dog or mm-hmm. if you, if you quasi smoking your cigar, it's a great cigar to get away with it. So, uh, I think there's going to be a good enough demand for it going forward. I don't think it's going to be this last man. I don't, I don't know how big of a demand it's going to be, but, I can tell you, I know that those those numbers do pretty decently, especially if they're packaged the right way. Now, I will tell you, the way they're coming to market in boxes of 25 is not the ideal packaging that we wanted to do. We want to do four or five packs. I, I think we're going to go several four packs. We'll show those at next year's show. 
we just wanted to get get them up, get them produced, get them get them out there, and get them on the thing. You know, get them. That's on a the great show. size. Yeah, for my, that's really nice size. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I like the petite Coronas. You know, yeah. I, I like the uh, the Lancer people, or not the Lanceros, the uh, the Lonsdales. But people talk about Lanceros, how they come and go, and they only sell in, sell in certain shops, and that's true. Torpedoes are the same way. Mm-hmm. They do. But I think that that shape has. Listen, it's not going to be your top two selling shapes or batolas, but I, I think it's going to be something that's going ongoing, and it's a shape that just really easy to put in your pocket and have when you know for a quick smoke when, when you're doing something when you're on the move. That's it. Now, now, what what about uh, do you make a Lancero? I don't think I've no. seen. No. no, I've had I've done some prototypes. Uh, Frank usually smokes them all, but yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I, I'm gonna I'm be a right Lancero guy. Yeah, I got yeah, yeah, care. You can talk about Lanceros. I'm gonna be back in just one second. <laughs> yeah, I'm a. I love Lanceros. I actually yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I do. I do a passion project. I I'll do a um like you said. Everybody has their you know limited editions and stuff. Right. I, I do. I do a run of Lanceros once a year, and that's it. Right. And it's a passion project because I love Lanceros. Like you said, not every shop's gonna carry them. Right. Not everybody's gonna like them, but. Uh, Over the years, you know where you can sell them, and, and, and who's going to—not just sell them, it's who's going to enjoy them. Right, and and it's usually you know for me, it's a you know a handful of folks, handful of shops that that you know that you'll just order, order, and just sell the crap out of them, you yeah. know. But it's worth it, you know, because I, I there's something about that size that just makes it that much better. Right. Well, yeah, I think they're flavor bombs. Right? That's yeah. why I do a lot of my torpedo or out of a petite Corona. So yeah. I want to ask you with all the you know the, the, these great ratings and stuff and congratulations by the way. I mean, I I remember uh, getting your your cigar in Ash Quarterly and was just blown away by it. You know, thank you. Um, how I know you you don't consider yourself a master blender, but you do. You know, you are blending these cigars. Yeah. How 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 are you coming up with these blends, or how actively involved with this these blends? It is a hundred percent your blend. Yeah, so I'm always working on something. I, I can never say 100% because Gerber or, or somebody else said, did you think about this? Did you think about that? You know, it's kind of we are joking about it before, but, you know, from trusted people that are talking about that all the time, like, all right, so what am I going to get in there that's going to get that part of the palate that I'm trying to, to stimulate, to marry in with this, that that's gonna that the combustion's going to work? And right. They'll, they'll say maybe this or that. Or I'll say, hey, how about the architecture? Let's flip these around a little bit, you know, too. So and so it, go, it goes both ways. So I think there's always sharing ideas with people you trust. Yeah, that so, was the one. That was the one thing that Kevin and I, I Kevin, I could speak for him on this one, even as just getting his earphone back on and everything. I had to go get an um, ice, ice pack. My knee is on fire. So yeah. Go ahead. But speaking to the architecture of of the cigars is when we had Steve Sock on, just talking about taking a leaf and turning it the other way. Right. And just the, the the flavor that you know you can get uh, from from that shift, it's it's amazing, and and I don't think folks realize, it's fun, you know, yeah. and, and it's like everybody wants to work with X amount of tobacco and put things together, but if you you put them together, as you said, some tobaccos burn slower than others, and they just may not marry well, or they can marry with different aging styles. Right. Uh, we're now we're getting to the point where we can start working with tobaccos that have different that have longer aging to it. So um, that's gonna that's gonna help us get more, you know, get get a little bit more, you know, in tune and exciting. I think with some of the other projects we do. So yeah. So for a master blender, 
you got to be down there doing it all the time. It, yeah. So like, if, if I have still have to refer to my tasting notes and my notes and my and my um, matrix notes, as I like to call them, you know, uh, these guys don't. You know what I mean? They, they're just touching it so much that, you know, you know, yeah. You know, everybody talks about eating the dirt and chewing the leaf. Yeah, we all do that. I, you know, uh, that, that's fine. Master blend. I think it's an overused term. But, but the, 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 these master blenders. They're down there. They're, they're, they're down there all the time. You can't mm-hmm. get them out of their fucking country. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and 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 the, and the master blend, like the like the real master blenders that that I've talked to, or you see them on these interviews. They've been doing it for thirty years, and someone will refer to them as a master blender, and they go, "Whoa, not a master blender. I still have a lot to learn." And then yeah. they're like, "You've been doing this for thirty years," and like, ah. Oh. Don't right. don't don't call me that. That's don't. the litmus test of a of a master blender when they don't consider themselves <laughs> right. a master blender. You like know, I sometimes I get called that. I I just kind I I laugh. I'm like, dude, I'm not even in the vicinity. And, you know, and I try I try to get my resume in a way of showing like this is why I'm not one. You know, yeah. um, but it, it, it's uh you know, I, I yeah. There's a lot of people I'm talking to. A lot of people I listen to. Some of them are competitors, and some of them aren't. You know, and I. I hate the word competitor because I think we all, you know, find our own way, you know, along out there. But yeah, and somebody, especially they get they get a little rummed up and they start talking about something in the fermentation period or in the pre industry. I, you know, I get real quiet, real fucking quick, man. Like, ah. no, I'm just texting home. And, uh, <laughs> you think a lot of shits because I'm in there like right typing these notes down so I don't forget them. You know? The only time I've ever considered myself a master blender, Mickey, was um, I had I was buying tobacco and getting, you know, used to this the 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 burn, the flavor, and right. you know, the combination. And, and and I and Kevin and Jessica were up visiting and I, I, I had some extra tobacco and I put I, I made a cigar for Kevin and I mastered the art of stopping Kevin from talking. Because this <laughs> cigar was so strong. I think Kevin looked like he was a zombie at one point. Oh, shut, 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 turned green. shut me <laughs> down instantly. Yeah, that's another thing. We had, an IV, we had an IV, uh, we had an IV coffee and 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 some <laughs> and some chocolate into his system immediately. Right. Well, it's funny because it's like when you talk about that too, the the buying of tobacco, that is that's tough, and then deciphering the bale and then how you're going to work with it. Like, you know, you open up a bale and it might look beautiful to you. Uh, not that I'm doing this stuff, but just, just for me being around learning this process. Well, we want this tobacco to look like this when it's done. Uh, no, it already looks like that way. No, it doesn't, Mickey. And then a third of the bale is going to go this guy. A third of the bale is going to go this guy. A third of the bale is going to go this guy. And they're going to work in a different way to get to this end result that you want to go to put it into your production. So that, I mean, that's where I, that's where the magic happens. I, I think that, you know, these guys that select the tobacco and investigate the bales and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I've been around it quite a bit, but I'm not the guy. It's always been a learning session for me at that point <laughs> because I, I've never been in that, that component of, of buying tobacco. So, like uh, I just had to buy a bale and a half bale or something for a project. Uh, I was really dependent on uh, Amika and Gerber to inspect that. And there's another guy in that factory too to inspect that for me. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember uh, uh, Jonathan drew uh, uh, telling me a story of like uh, uh, of Willie, like one of the first times being down at the uh, right. buying the tobacco, the bales everywhere. Right. You know, they, they come in, this is what drew estate ordered. 
you know, Willie's got to sign his name. That's it. Except, except the, and then, but he, he said, no, you know, went bail by bail, tore the bail apart, you know, right. set, you know, different parts of it, trying the tobacco. And he's like, no, this, this is, this is no, this one's no, this one's yes. This one's yes. Cause he and, knows also where he's buying it from too. Like, you know, we get our homestrong from obviously from Placencia. We don't have to inspect the bail. We do. You always do trust, but verify. But yeah, you know, who's famous for doing that was Hanky Kellner. Oh yeah. Hanky was one of the first ones that said, Hey, listen, this whole Connecticut rapper thing is going to get tougher and tougher and tougher and tougher. So this is going back to my old Davidoff days. So that, you know, without aging myself too much. Uh, and Hanky went down to the farms in Ecuador, looking at those tobacco. And then, and then it got pissed because the tobacco that he was picking and choosing at the top of the mountain was not the same shit that was making it to the bottom of the mountain that was making it, you know, out of Cortez all the way over to DR. So the quality control process that he implemented a quality control process of purchasing tobacco. Now they don't purchase tobacco at the top of the mountain. They purchase it at the bottom. Somebody from ASP or someone could walk you through that process a little bit better. That'd actually be a neat show is to get some of these guys from Lancaster Leaf or whatever, uh, or ASP or somebody on there and how they do that. But Hanky was one of the guys chasing that rapper out of Ecuador well before people were talking about Ecuador. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, I, 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 I was getting to was the quality of, of choosing that tobacco. Kerr probably could talk to it better too about buying a bail and the bail you get. And, you know, if, if, if Kerr's getting a chip to his house, he's got someone he trusts that's that's investigating that tobacco. So when he gets it, he looks like he's not so, he's not pissed. Right? Yeah, when you put too much trust in the, in, into the inspector and the inspector fails you, that it could be for a very bad shipment. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, you get it to the United States. Yeah, if you're rolling yeah. in the United States. Oh yeah, and and I was just talking with uh, Saka. He was on a Zoom uh, uh, last week, and uh, he was talking about Lancaster Leaf and how that like just delving into a little bit about how that operation works, and that just that just blew my mind how big that company is. Oh, you know, huge. you know, just just a giant, giant company. Um, and then he was telling me about it. You know, I I you know talking because I had um, had mentioned to him. You know, because he'd said last year like Connecticut Broadleaf how hard it was to get you know, or how hard it was going to be getting, you know, in 2022. And he said, it's going to be a, a lot worse in 2023. But then he said, what's that? It's never going to get easier. Yeah. I was asking him uh, if, they, if they had started or trying to grow Connecticut broadleaf in, you know, South America. And he said there, there's actually a couple of farms. Maybe Central America. Or Central America. Yeah. It still sucks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. South. Uh, yeah. No, Central America, they are. Uh, supposedly... Uh, Abdal is hit something he's going to be able to pull this year. This is the rumors. So, but when there's smoke, there's fire. That he's got something that he's going to be able to slap on a cigar here soon. So, really, maybe this year's yield. But oh. supposedly that's the same rumor that's been going around for three years. So, oh, okay. <laughs> I know so it's a hybrid. The Ortizes they're working on some hybrids. I saw that those fields earlier in the year. They look good. You know, again, you know, I haven't seen the finished product, so I'll see those in a couple of weeks when I'm back down there. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see, you know, what it looks like, what it tastes like, you know, um, because uh, obviously there's no way to mimic. What know, did Saka say? Um, he he just said uh, uh, there there was a couple of companies and uh, um uh, that were working on it, 
he did say, and he wouldn't name names, so maybe he was talking about Adele, um, but uh, that was very close to, to actually producing a cigar. Yeah, know, I didn't uh, sign any NDAs, so I don't think I've let out any kind of trade secret. You know, so, uh, yeah, and then, you know, obviously, and he said, you know, he's been working on, I and he just said uh, some kind of hybrid in the last couple of years that that is that he's been working on. It'll be specific for him, so, but I don't know, you know, what, what leaf or anything else. He's uh, He keeps that shit close to the vest, you know, unless you meet up with him personally and you have a few, a few drinks and right. then, you know, loose, <laughs> loosens up, loosens up a little bit. Like, like most manufacturers, I, I love, you know, when I meet them down at the great smoke, smoke in or up at Jeff's place or whatnot, you know, you get a few drinks and then like I said, you just sit back, you know, I don't know what secret, there's not many secrets you can keep. I mean, but there are, I guess there's always a couple I don't like to talk about too. So, yeah. So, and then talking about uh, um, uh, um, like leaves, you know, Kara and I had mentioned before the show, like like your Habano. Um, can, why why is that not sour? Can you explain? I mean, be, being a blender, not a master blender, can you can you give give me a you know why some Habano is sour, some's not? You know why yours is? I don't know how it's not sour, but but uh, I'll take it. Um, uh, you know. I think you can taste it up there a little bit, you know. So well, it, it, I mean, it, it all all Habana will have that little bit of, of sour, but but like the majority of them, it seems not like, overpowering I mean, though. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, like there you go, overpowering. I don't know uh, if it's the, again, cigar, the tobacco you know, that's blended, that's but the magic yeah. of what they do with that wrapper. Now I, I'm telling you, there's a couple boxes that came in that I investigated. I didn't like the wrapper on. I didn't like the way it looked, and I didn't like the way it tastes. And so there's a couple out there in the market. I'm trying to find them, grab them back now, but. You know, so unfortunately, it does slip through the cracks every now and then. So, uh, I'm not a Habano smoker, and I just that's my I, I, I've been smoking the Habano, and I it's it's Thank very you. tasty, not not even sour at all, not at all. Yeah, well, there's a lot you got a lot of counterbalances in that. So, in that Habano, uh, there's a lot of counterbalances in there. So, so there is so that Habano is very similar to the dedication, different, different percentages and different architecture. So that's how different, wildly different. That cigar that you're smoking right now, that Habano, that basically that blend with a San Andres wrapper was the two that I wanted were my two contenders for dedication. All right. So that's why, thank you for referring to him as Habano. Thank you for referring to him as Colorado because it's been confusing out there a little bit. But that's the difference of those two. So yeah, um, yeah, because because completely two different cigars. Though. There's a different yeah, flavor. The the Habano it, actually, I get a sweeter flavor from the Habano than I did with the, yeah, with the Colorado. Yeah, I think that magnifies that Jalapa a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, I, I'm smoking the uh, the Colorado uh, right now, and then I, I picked out this and the Habano to to smoke during the show. And when I set them side by side, they're very similar. The wrappers are the same. Yeah, the very similar to shade. I'm so going the shade color is more on the Colorado. Okay, so is that you know, and, and I've had you know, some, some people. A, yeah, I've had some people ask about that. What what the Colorado is, and I try and tell them like that's the just a shade. That's just a shade color. Yeah, the shade color I'm 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 shooting for. <laughs> so so, so what, we get it mostly right. So so what what is the actual wrapper on the Colorado? It, it's you know, a, it's, it's, a, it's the same wrapper. Oh, okay, okay, so so it's sa same wrapper, just it's the shade color that that makes it the uh, the Colorado. I refer to the seed on one, I refer to the uh, the the shade on the other. Oh, okay, 
So oh, no, no, no. now, now everybody knows. Now I can re- you know refer to them. So I, you know, and I didn't you have like when you have Esteli in there too, and you have like all my all the binders on all four of my cigars are Esteli. That's going to change a little bit. Not those blends, but you know that I think that helps do a lot with with the wrapper too. So and and like I said, you know, it's you know same same wrapper, obviously two two different colors. But two completely different tasting cigars, you know, which is, you know, obviously side of it and the different percentages. That's why, like, if you ask me, like the the St. Francis, this is based on the feedback I'm getting from everybody else. It's a six point five on a one to ten strength. Colorado is a four point five. And that's the feedback I get from over and over and over again. Yes. Some people are going to say, no, that's that's a mild cigar, you know, whatever. I get it. But that's on an average, that's that's the feedback I get. And that's where I can have the confidence to tell you about where a tobacco, what that's going to do to your palate or the strength of the cigar. So the strength of the cigar, that's just from multiple, multiple feedbacks, right? So that's where I get that from. And some people are like, no, that's stronger or milder than that number. And I go, I, I totally get that. But, you know, as a whole, when you average those numbers together, that's where I come with those numbers. Where I really don't like going into, and I have to do it, just because you need it sometimes for some of the retailers, uh, even sometimes for the consumer, you know, I will give like tasting profiles, like kind of what we were joking about, like the peanut butter and the breakfast yeah. and, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. Because you, you, you need to give them something sometimes. Like so many sales associates that hustle their ass off are like, Mickey, just, just give me something, uh, leather, salt, garment. I'm like, all right. So I, I, I talk about, the Jalapa, huh? that's going to hit the sweet part. That area is going to give you the sweet part. Or Condega and the St. Francis, that's going to the salt. Colorado, I'll say like salt to caramel, like because I'm forced to give you an answer. And uh, for the Habano, maybe I say uh, red licorice. And it's always so funny because somebody always goes, oh, Habano, red licorice? Like, where's the sour? I'm like, I'm not going to say Sour Patch Kids. You're not going to get that out of me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that that that's why I would make a horrible tobacconist uh, or even a sales associate at a lounge. Now, I, I like this one. This one's good. You should buy it. What about this one? That one's good, too. What's the difference? You know, well, they're both good. <laughs> this one's bitter. You, you know, I was supposed to get salted caramel on Yeah. And I got roasted almonds, though. I got to be honest with you, with a little bit of leather. Perfect. You asked me for something. I probably just gave you something so I could talk to the next customer. You know, I mean, so. well, that, that's it. You know, in the, in that Zoom meeting, that was that was one thing Saka had mentioned that he was actually uh, he started uh, a couple years ago pulling back, not giving those tasting notes because right. of the FDA, you know, regulation. Right. Because that, that was that was something that I had mentioned a couple of years ago. You know, when we we're talking about you know um, wanting to get rid of infused cigars, flavored cigars, and I go. I bet your bottom dollar that eventually they're going to come after some of these, you know, some of these cigar manufacturers that are putting out these tasting notes of, well, you got Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. they think it's the literal of, you know, the premiums like the literal in the mass market. And that's why you won't see them on any of the boxes. And also, that's another reason why you won't see sizes on the boxes anymore. You'll see size names. Really? Yeah. There's a lot of them. Now, listen, um, look at Lazuka. And he does it even, he does gauge times by length, right? He does gauge first, length second. Well, there's a lot of us out there that are just putting the names of our Batolas on there and not the dimensions. A lot, so, of, people, so, a lot of people have gotten away from that. So is, is that is that because of an FDA thing or? Yeah, they're back with, well, FDA, well, 
bunch of things, but that's one of the things that we that we were so sticker shock about what to put on a box. A lot of us got away from that. Lots okay. Of conversations about that. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess that makes it easy. too much information. You know. Yeah, it's a uh, um, but yeah, it it it's crazy. Like I said it's a uh, you know some some of these you know people that like they want that like like they'll they'll reach out to me like I'll I'll post on Instagram a picture you know of, a, of an All Saints or a gun barn or whatever I'm smoking. And like, well, what what did, what did you get out of that? What 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 were that? What were some of your flavor notes? I'm like, ah, just tobacco, man. You know, just you know, I, I get, I, I either tastes like every tobacco. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I, I blended I, tobacco. Yeah, I either get chocolate or I don't get chocolate. I either get coffee <laughs> or I don't get coffee. It's either well, we know, use tasting wheels because we need something for our muscle memory. You know what I mean? Yeah. We all have them. I don't like to talk about them just because I I don't want to get my balls busted. Yeah. You know, and, and and then it's the the whole uh, um, you know is the strong you know like like you're saying is the cigar strong is it is it full body you know Carol will smoke something that that will kick my ass and or Jessica will smoke right. something that's really strong and I'll be like oh this is like light you know so it's how do you even how do you even give you know uh, the body you, know, you, you got to listen when you're doing these shows when you're doing these events you got to give them something so I, I I I'm using stuff that I'm getting feedback on from other consumers so. Uh, but you, you just can't be up there selling stuff about like what do you normally, especially with a young brand, they're not they, where people are still getting to know you. You have to give them some kind of segue. Yeah, I, well, I, I haven't I, figured out another way to talk about it either. And like I, I talk about our awards a lot to consumers. I don't really yeah. talk about them to retailers because uh, they're like, I don't give two shits, you know. Yeah, that was- <laughs> how much does it cost? What's my margin? And does it sell? Yeah, you're, you're, you're right. Could you imagine going into a retailer? Tell me about this cigar. Well, they got a 92 from Charlie and yeah. a half wheel. They'd be like, I, I don't I don't care. And then also, it could be distracting. Even if they are engaged with those ratings, which a lot of them are, then you're having like a half wheel conversation and you're yeah. not having an All Saints conversation anymore. So it's like you want you want to have stuff where, you know, you make sure that you keep your conversation on level. And plus, you want to get them to smoke, sit down and smoke a cigar with you. Because I can let me have these samples, and I'll get back to you. I'm almost done with that. So the yeah. I'm done with that because they don't get back to you. Oh yeah, I had it. I really liked it. Uh, I, and somebody asked for it. Well, why the fuck did you call me and put it on your shelf? You know what I mean? You know, it's my third visit. When I get it, someone would just want to see you a couple times and make sure that you're going to keep coming around, which I get too. So, um, but yeah. You know, you ever, you ever get the, I, I know care has, has, you know, we've talked, even on the show had talked about, you know, um, the, the, the people that run out of the, uh, of the cigars and they're hesitant about, about bringing them back in care. Uh, you, you've had that cut, you know, a shop, a shop sell out and then, and then they don't yeah. want to reorder. Yeah. It's sold out in a month and a half. And you know, we, we, uh, I don't know. What do you mean? You don't know. Sold out in a month yeah, and a half. Yeah. I just had that. Like, <laughs> well, we hadn't seen you. You're kind of yeah. You're kind of new, and nobody really knows who you are. No, no one knows your brand. Uh, you saw that in a month and a half. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know. All right. Well, it's a year later, and all my shit's on yourself. Hey, we got a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 comical having those conversations, but it gives you something to talk about, and then you know, um, eventually just come down to brass tacks and just you know, all right, well, if if it's selling them, then are you going to order it? Because if not, right. then I, I need to move on and and and, and talk to who's really serious about it. Sorry, I made you that money in a month and a half. I'll, I'll try not to do yeah. that again. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I apologize. So uh, 
So, so, so 2022 started off, uh, well, probably about midway through the year. I, I know you announced uh, um, a price increase a lot with a lot of uh, manufacturers. Um, and then just talking with, with some manufacturers and listening to them on, on a few shows that, that they're talking that there's probably going to be another price increase in, in 2023. Yeah. Um, you know, so how, how, how are you guys doing with, with everything? So we announced the price increase and then we backed off it because we did our numbers and we're like, so it was the best mistake we made because we got a, we got a double dip out in the market, you know? <laughs> so we actually dis we did a price increase in September and okay. we averaged was everything from about 1% to three and a half percent, um, an increase and then new shapes coming to market already had, uh, or Batola's coming to market already had that, that kind of built in there. So it wasn't a sticker shock. So we didn't have to come out of the price and then raise the price. So next year, will we have one and not want have one? I, I mean, I can't answer that yet because uh, I will have a better answer of that in December when I do more my tobacco purchases for the rest of 2023. Because my only stuff done right now for 2023 are pretty much a year production of Vesper, uh, the Solamente, and we have enough rolled right now to get us through. April, I think. So uh, that we've already paid, that we've already purchased. So I'll have okay. a better, better understanding for the rest of the year in December. Uh, I know Nimish wanted to have and Sean wanted to have a conversation. Sean called me tonight, but I didn't take the call. So I'll answer him tomorrow. So um, that, that's either what that price that that's either what that call was about, or is a special project that went south. I'll figure that out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'll have a better understanding in December about if we will in incorporate a price increase for next year. Uh, I, I cannot see us kicking off the start of the year with, with a price increase. Okay. Now, now I'm surprised it, that we did. There would have to be some other kind of tonnage and trajectory things that are going on for us to do something like that. So, so when you announced the price increase, even though, even though you, you, you rolled it, rolled it back. Okay. So uh, actually I want to get to Christopher Walmer's question real quick. Um, the MSRP of the uh, the four four and a half by forty four. Before state tax should be around nine sixty. Okay. And, and then, yeah, depending on where where you live, yeah, that's uh, in yeah, it it, it it's br brutal in some some areas. Where, where does Chris live? Uh, yeah, Walmart Chris lives uh, in Pennsylvania. Oh, does he? Okay, so he's good then. Yeah, nine sixty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, um, so where, you know, so when you announced that, that, that price increase, um, where, where was the, the majority? Cause, cause the, 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 um, we never hear about that. And I really don't ever ask anybody, you know, the manufacturer, even like talking with Sokka or anybody else about their price increase, but like, is there, is there something that's the majority of that? Is it the boxes, the bands, is it the tobacco itself? Um, or is it this just year was everything? It was just everything. Because of supply chain issues. Now, we really didn't have any supply chain issues. Anything that's coming out late to market it was because we didn't – it was it was art supply chain issues, uh, like us signing off on artwork. Me like, nah, this is right. Oh, okay. And there was, there were some mistakes that some people made. We got to clean up our boxes, like uh, like the Habano. The fonts aren't correct all there. They put the name on the lid instead of the bottom of the box. We're like, come on, guys. You know, really? Uh, uh, <laughs> our first box said Gagars on them. You know, it's like, uh, uh, yeah. 
Oh my gosh! Uh, uh, how, yeah, how, so how do you how do you fix that? You know, it's uh. You don't you don't you don't tell anybody until you fixed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, we, then we laugh about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That 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 that's the limited edition. You know, hey, right. what makes it so special? Uh, it's a misprint. No, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. To my so my partner would go get the tattoo on his arm, and he goes to the artist. Uh, tattoo artist goes, uh, "This is so interesting. You know, you own this cigar company." And uh, he owns a lot of other things, too. And he goes, uh, so I understand that anybody that owns a cigar company, their cigar is the best cigar. Well, why wouldn't it be the best cigar? They they feel that passion about the cigars. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, well, thank you. That's a very nice way of saying it. Tattoo artist goes, but why is it so special that you have to put your own spelling on it? And he goes, what are you talking about? He goes, it says gigars. <laughs> And he goes, what the fuck? So thank God the tattoo artist caught it before because Frank got it all up and down his damn arm. Uh, yeah. So we went back and we looked and we're like, it does. Our stickers, those first stickers say Gagars. <laughs> uh, the Solamente boxes say Gagars. Uh, oh, my. Yeah, I was, uh, uh, we looked at it a thousand different times. And like his wife sells paper and Frank's pretty smart. My wife's pretty smart. His wife's very smart and does that does branding for a living and it, it got past you know um <laughs> and we're like what uh, like so i'm just looking at this ashtray we got done uh it says cigars right. yeah okay, yeah my, my, my tattoo artist butch uh um before he retired uh yeah. but yeah he, he always tell people come in with a with a with a design he'd do a design and he'd say go listen i can't spell very well and he goes i need you to look at this right. and then he would pass <laughs> even when i was there he'd pass the design does this look right? punctuation or spelling? You know, because right. he always told this, uh, the story about how he, he tattooed in loving murmury on uh, <laughs> on somebody. And uh, and he'd ask them, he goes, hey, I'm not a good speller. Is this exactly how you want it? And then the guy came back like a week later. He's like, hey, this says in loving murmury. And uh, Butch is like, I told you to double check. He goes, I told you I can't spell. <laughs> so, oh, my God. No regrets. No regrets. Yeah. No regrets. Yeah. No regrets. No regrets at, at, at all. Um, so, uh, um, uh, um, I saw you down at PCA this year. Um, uh, unfortunately I couldn't meet you up for breakfast cause my, or dinner cause I almost died. Uh, that was, uh, that was rough for me with that, with my knee. Um, how'd PCA go for you this year? I know you had, a, I, I, I saw that Charlie Minata, I went to PCA last year. He, he had talking about the booth size. Right. He says you guys had downsized, um, uh, this year versus last year. You always said that. Yeah. yeah he, he got fatter. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a ten by twenty. We did nothing different than we did the year before. Okay. Did, in all fairness, we had no sizzle. Uh, yeah. Always not fat. So that's that's how. Well, he said he said your chairs were different too. Yeah, they, they were different. They, they oh, were, my God. They were, they that's what he different. said. He said the chairs were different. Oh, my oh they God. were. I mean, that, that's the rental, yeah. the rental company gave us. Because that's, so, that's important to know about what's happening in this. Support. It was the same two backdrops as we had last year. Uh, uh, it was just we knew that we weren't going to have any sizzle the first two years. Like, honestly, like, we're going to spend the money. So we'll have a little bit of sizzle this year. We'll have, you know, uh, well, our, the, the couch that we had this year was ugly. It was like this brown, like, porno casting couch. It was horrible. Yeah. 
need uh, to make a special chair just for Charlie. Like, uh, have his name on it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he goes, this, this wasn't the same chair I had last year, Mickey. <laughs> Different chair. What the uh, hell's up? Hey, listen, I'm glad that we have somebody that town that they can remember stuff like that. But no, our booth was the same size. It was... Um, it was it was nothing. It was those two backdrops and a couch and a high top and you know a table with our product on it. You know, but that, I think it is important, like that. You know, people like Charlie and other people notice because that's also what gets people's attention. You know, and that's right. what makes you remember. You know, like memorable. But we'll grow into the sizzle. Like we'll grow into our swag. We're not swagalicious. Uh, you know, we'll grow into all that stuff. It, it's. Uh, See, you know, once he agrees, Charlie's thrown. He's yeah, yeah. Right. I like Charlie. I'm sorry. I, the guy drives me insane, but and, I, and I, 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 I saw him and Patrick this weekend. Great, great guys. I, I love, yeah. I love talking with him and Patrick. They're so. crazy. And you know what? And that's what I like about the community. They're all a bunch of kooks. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, I love it. I am so, too. So, 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 PCA, not that, like I said, not that exciting. Um, no, not for. So our sizzle wasn't there, but our. Listen, the first day of the show, we beat last year's number as a whole. The second day of the show, we beat our last year's show numbers. Oh, wow. So, so our numbers that we wrote on the first day of the show catapulted us to so that uh, we had sold more in 2022 than we sold in 2021. Day two of the show, we sold – in those two days of that show, we sold more than we sold the whole show last year. So, okay. So that was two exciting numbers for us. You know, we're still very small. So it was, uh, you know, a lot, lot to go. And then we definitely realized, like, we kept looking at our booth going, last year we were so excited to be there. This year we're like, we just kept looking at our booth and, like, every morning I was like, it's ugly. Like, we knew it. You know what I mean? But guess what? We saved a lot of money. So. Well, 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 that, that, that's it. Care how many, how many people we talked to that says they spent, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand on a booth Even more, you know, yeah. or, or more, you know, I can't I wait to do that. I'm giddy with anticipation. That means yeah. my revenues through the fucking roof. You know yeah. I, mean? I, I, I think, I think Saka said his was 80,000, you know, for, 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 for a booth. Or for his, all his expenses all in. It's probably everything. Uh, all That's everything. Oh all yeah. I think in. it was everything all yeah. in. You know, yeah. So. I mean, I think, yeah, and and, and then he pay, and then he pays to store his booth there in Las Vegas all year, you know. Right. So I don't even know what the rental on that would be for. For, for it's an- not as bad as you would think from talking to my friends out there. So oh really? Yeah, because we were going to buy like tower components and stuff that, that we could refabricate for ourselves, and then yeah. now this like what are we doing next year, or the year after that, and stuff like that. So we're going to figure it out. So. So, so what, what about a, a TPE? Do you guys do that as, as well? Yeah, so we've done two TPEs and two PCAs live, you know, showing, and we've done four and four looking as we're, you know, waiting to come to market. And that was obviously with the COVID year off. Yeah. So 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 which one did better for you this year, um, TPE uh, or PCA? PCA by far did both. Oh, really? Yeah. They, they both pay – they both – Pay for themselves plus, but we had more tonnage at PCA than we did TPE. Okay. And the TPE's been kind of good with us. Keeping <laughs> up with a lot of things on the West Coast where probably is our weakest area. You know, um, we're now really gaining ground in Colorado and, uh, you know, Kansas City, St. Louis, that area. Now, now is, it, is it weak just because you haven't been able to get a chance to get out there or? 
just you know, if you ask the dapper guys, they wish they were stronger on the east. Coast. You know, it's like you know, oh, okay. It's, it's just because we're based. I, I I grew up in the industry in the Mid Atlantic, so uh, that has a lot to do with it as well. I think, mm-hmm. and, and getting the right people out to represent you. Like again, you know, I think we we're talking about it in uh, backstage or green room or whatever that. Uh, like I'd like to be in Arizona right now. I just don't have the people to help me to support that right now. Cause right now I have two open territories. I got to manage myself. One is new England. One is, um, you know, Virginia and, and, and the Carolinas together, uh, Florida. I kind of, I take a kind of like a weird approach to it right now, uh, as I'm only focusing on, uh, I four 95 down to, um, 95 down to, uh, Abe. Yeah, I four because I grew up in Daytona Beach, uh, and then across Alligator Alley and a little bit over the Naples area. So it's really kind of like a little shoestring that I that I focus on because I don't have anybody down there to support me yet. Um, you know, especially from a you know a brokerage or a repping standpoint. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's more territories we want to get into, but um, you know, matter of fact, you know, I got two guys representing me in Texas and Oklahoma, but I still need to be, I was, I've been down there twice. I was in Houston by myself last week because they were over there getting ready for a couple of the, the, there's another festival that was going on in Texas at the same time you guys were down there. Uh, there's a couple of yeah, other. Yeah. Yeah. My buddy Diggins said he yeah. was, uh, and, and I didn't know, I didn't look up to see what the festival was, but he said there was a couple day festival, yeah. you know, down there at the same mm-hmm. time that, uh, that I was, I didn't know if it was a cigar festival or, or, or what yeah. it, what it was. And I finally have somebody representing Illinois, so I got to really focus on the Chicagoland area where I have a lot of friends, and now I have somebody there that can be there and support that, you know, the, the route pattern. So De- definitely, definitely makes it nice. I, I know it's, it's a big, big, big country, a lot, lot of areas, you know. So um, last last time we talked to you, um, uh, one thing that I, you had brought it up actually earlier in, in the show, you know, the big difference about what um, when you were in the industry last versus when you were in the industry now. The only thing that's really changed was uh, was social media, right? Um, and I know you said your daughter was helping you out a little bit on social media, and um, I know lately you've been doing really you've been posting more TikToks. You started the Facebook group, the uh, uh, the All Saints group. crew. Um, how, how's the how's the social media learning curve been for you for two years now? Uh, so I, well, my daughters aren't helping much anymore. They're in college. Uh, I have a guy that's helping me with that right now, so we're definitely getting better at it. Uh, I, I got that crew page up because we knew we wanted to crawl that crew, and then we're going to have some more engagement with that as well. We have to grow that, and we have a strategy that we're we're going to follow up on uh, the next two weeks about you know to create that uh, that cross engagement with that. So too, it's, you know, you have your consumer engagement, the retailer engagement. I have what I call the business development engagement. Uh, then we have the you know the social media or the press engagement, you know, as well. So. Uh, just quantifying that and outlining that so we can stay stay on script, you know, with, with the plan. So uh, the crew, it, it's doing good. Uh, not enough engagement for me on there yet. So um, figure that. I'm glad we got it started. Um, now we just got to keep that engine rolling. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a big thing for what, what Abe, you know, when he started the Smoke-In Socialite group. And um, he's very big. He's very engaging, you know, within right. the group. So that, you know, so that's definitely a big help. I, okay. I try to stay engaged as much as I possibly can. I think I am doing it, but I don't. I still don't think it's enough, and it's kind of hard to do when you're either in the factories or on the road. So, uh, yeah. and doing stuff in between, you know, still running the business. Oh yeah, and I I just found it. Uh, I think yesterday or today, 
you know, care, Jessica, I invited you guys yeah. to join the, uh, yeah. um, Thank you. Um, of the, of the all saints, uh, uh, crew, but yeah, you've got 500, 500, uh, um, you know, uh, Are the crew? Around. yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's almost 500 people now. Jesus so, Christ. um, that was just up a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, oh is that, so, that, so it's still really new. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of knew that you were kind of doing your own like TikTok videos because a couple of the videos you could, you could see where you were like, you hit play and then you back up and then, you know, then start talking. And I'm like, all right, you know, maybe edit out that first, first few seconds. Wow, hit, somebody was supposed to do that for me and, it, and the guy oh, okay. didn't do that. I yelled at him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because I, I, I try to do hype videos for, and I try to be in a cool location for hype videos for yeah. uh, certain events. So uh, I'll start engaging with those more. Those those were some of our test models, and then I kind of like anything I video that we double branded and then uh, you know put it up in TikTok. My one daughter, she's really into TikTok. She's on it all the time. Uh, I had a couple really big engagements with the right hashtags, and then I didn't. I remember you sent me something. I was down the shore when I one of my TikToks blew up early. There was a video that I chopped up from one of my factory visits um so oh so, the, yeah the, well, hopefully yeah. we'll have a better uh, we're working on all that game plan for 2023 we have a whole swag build out stuff like we're doing again we're not going to be heavy swag we're uh you know we want just enough so we're not anti-swag yeah. but we're not we want to grow into things we want to make sure that we still pay our tobacco bills pay our brokers you know pay our vendors on time you know and then uh every now and then i get a paycheck so yeah yeah, Care will tell you because I know it's like everybody wants swag, but they want it for free. Yeah, nobody wants to pay for swag. Well, some people paid for it, but I I, I sent a T-shirt a couple weeks ago. A guy paid for it in February, so yeah. we, we had <laughs> we had we ended up refunding these guys, and I sent them a T-shirt and cigar. So I got to because it's not conducive for us to do our drop shipments with La Polina, and we might just change that. Anyways, because now we're getting better pricing on some of this stuff. Because ideally, we would like our swag store to make enough money on our swag store to pay for away the promotional swag we give out away at events. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah that's the model you kind of change. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's always a big draw. You know, like I said, you know, at least you get a free hat or shirt or something at at a at an event. You know, people. T-shirts yeah. at events blow. There's yeah, some- I know. You gotta carry all this inventory all over the yeah. place. Yeah, and then but you the always. Nice, yeah. But the nice thing is, is, when you're going to an event and you know kind of how many people are going to be there, you can kind of buy in bulk and get a better deal. So you're not out as yeah. It's still some pain the ass. It is. Dealers put them away. They don't do them. Then you find them two, two visits later. They got two dozen. Of them. I'm like, bro, that's I know. Just, you got that's like four dollars in my. Like I don't care if you gave it away to somebody, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I forgot about it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, 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 what about? I mean, like I said, I, I know I'll say you're, 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 you know, doing more TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Um, uh, you know, influencers. How, how often are those uh, creeping up into your uh, DMs? You know, hey, give me some free stuff, and I'll promote your, uh, promote your product. Is that? Uh, uh, the legitimate ones don't. I have, I have to fucking chase you guys down for your addresses. Uh. uh <laughs> Legitimate ones, uh, I, I gotta ask for addresses. Yeah, they don't, yeah, they're still out there. Like, 
I can do this for you. I can take you to this. I'm like, dude, I've never heard of you. Yeah. But just because you may never heard of my product doesn't mean I haven't heard about what's going on in the industry. I mean, I got my ear to the fucking ground. Trust me. I'm like, I never heard of this guy. Yeah, or you look them up and they only got a hundred followers on Instagram. Yeah, they you know. Got- yeah, yeah. And they're second coming to Christ if you talk to him. Yeah, yeah that's so. it. I, I, I can make you big, Mickey. I can make you big, you know, with my... Uh, yeah. Some get away with it. So, uh, so, yeah, there's a couple of them out there. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah, so, so, some of them do. Jessica yeah. and I see it. Oh, people I do see it at events. Yeah. This lady, listen to this. I'm in freaking blend. And lady, if you're listening, you know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Corey Johnson's a dear friend of mine, right? So, we finally scored a thing. So, I went in all four blends. So, we popped around all the blends. I was in Houston blend on Wednesday. Had a little setup. Uh, some buddies came out to support me. Had about 10 guys in there as a core, like, just to, you know, whatever. This lady goes, have you... I think we were talking about this in the green room. The lady goes, have you heard of this shop? You have to get to the shop tomorrow before you leave, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I haven't heard of this shop. I'm texting Tracy, one of my brokers. I'm like, have you heard of this shop? He goes... No, because he'll either say yes, no. He'll either give me a yes, no, or indifferent. Like, uh, yeah, I haven't been there yet. I heard of him. You know, whatever. She goes, well, what, can I have your business card? And I go, why do you want my business card? I'm, I'm just, I'm like, I, curiosity. I go, the Pope can get a hold of me via, you know, Facebook Messenger. <laughs> you know, she goes, no, 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 because I'm gonna help you get in the store. And I go, I, I go, okay. I, I, I'm going to hand it off to Tracy. Okay, okay, okay. She goes, now, what are these cigars out here? Are these for us to, just to try to taste or whatever? <laughs> or is there some kind of deal going on? And I go, uh, yeah, I guess the taste. But, you know, you can pay for them at the bar. And they'll give you, if you buy this, too, they'll give you a pairing, you know, discount, whatever, you know, because it's a blend bar. So she goes, well, you're not going to give me any cigars for me to take back to them? Uh. And I went, I go, no, I mean, I'll go do that. She goes, she throws my business card back at the table. She goes, don't worry about it. You're not getting it in there. And I go, perfect. <laughs> she went back, sat at the bar, talking to the guy. And I was like, you, I get that quite a bit. It's unbelievable. Where they're wow. in a place where people are making money by, by selling things. Yeah. They want me to give a free thing. And I'm like. No, <laughs> like, and, and then multiple and free things. I would probably give you a free cigar. Like, if I get noticed in the airport or somebody sees some of my thing, like, they don't know who me or my brand is. They're like, "Oh, I'll say cigars." What are you, a cigar company? I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I'll reach in. I'll give you a cigar. I mean, that's the best advertisement in the world. Oh yeah. yeah. But in a situation where, like, be surprised how they want you to give them something for free in a place and like. And usually, the manager or the owner of these places will give you a nod, like, yeah, that's a person to give a free cigar to or not, yeah. right? So, uh, it's even like when I was at the the Great Smoke, I'm going to be at the Great Smoke next year. I would, I barely gave out any cigars there because I didn't think it was fair for the guys that are spending all that money. Oh, to yeah, there. yeah. I was there to just, I'd just buy drinks and stuff. And every now and then, maybe you got a cigar. Or it, would, it could have been Saka or somebody else that was, or Herclox that was there. It's like Mickey or even Terrence, give them a cigar. Like, don't be such a dick. Give them a cigar. Yeah. Right. I was doing it out of respect because they paid money to be there, right? Yeah. He, right. It was like that one jackass that was backpending at one of the TPEs and he came up to me and he acted like he had a store in New Jersey and he didn't. He pulled me away from a, a, 
a block like one of you guys and um, a, a retail owner who they were both friends. And then he started making fun of my one buddy that was an influencer, a blogger, or whatever. And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And he wanted me to smoke his cigar while I was in the fucking booth. Oh, oh you know who that? He's a fat slob. He's a big fat slob. He's just <laughs> all over Instagram. He's the second coming of Christ. And I'm like, I got, I got so mad at that. Guys, I'm completely sober too, by the way. <laughs> this is usually my half a my half a bottle in kind of rant. Uh, later in the show, they don't get this far anyway. So uh, yeah, uh, no. And I was just like, and that was another guy that just kind of that just kind of blew my mind. I'm like, you want me to smoke your cigar on the floor that I paid for, while you're going around hustling your cigar out of a backpack walking the floor? Like, no. And he physically pulled me away from these people just to make fun of one of my friends. Oh no! Oh my God! Yeah, I, I had I had heard you know I had heard that term you know at TPE and PCA the you know the backpack salesman, but I'd right. never heard like a story of anybody ever. We didn't. Well, we were there. We didn't backpack. You know? Yeah. Uh, but then you know, listen, listen. People have different things of progression, but don't pull me out of my sales <laughs> floor. Like I'm not. Wasn't so anti-backpacking because I kind of get it. Yeah. Like, you do everything if you're passionate about your brand. That you can, that you can afford to do, but don't pull me out of my thing and then tell me to smoke your cigar while I'm on the floor trying to sell my cigar yeah. to you. Oh that's my God. Uh, yeah. no, that's it, it's like I don't know if they're arrogant. I used to think they were arrogant. I just think they're just socially defunct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, Kevin, Kevin, you got to write the uh, the guide to backpacking. You know, salesmen, the etiquette. I I, 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 I tell you right now, like when Kevin and I first started Cigar Prop, like, I mean, we went to everywheres. We had like stuff packed in bags. And when we went to events, I mean, we were constantly, but we, we were giving it away for free. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, yeah. We, we never like, sold anything. Yeah, you know? we were like, here, here. You, got, you, have, you have an etiquette. You have an etiquette. Yeah, but I don't like giving it away. Like if I'm at like a multi-vendor event. Yeah, that's different. I don't like giving out cigars on a multi-vendor event because I don't think it's for the people that pay to be there. Yeah. I oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We were doing it like a, like like at a shop event. Like like we were down at Rockies. I gave him one of my cigar holders. You know, didn't you know say anything like, hey, you know, you know, met Rockies right, for the first right. time. Like, hey, man, I, you know, love your cigars, love what you do. You know, here's a little cigar rest for you. You know, ho right. hope you enjoy it, and that and that was it. So did you invoice him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, 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 yeah, invoice in, in them. Hey, you should have done it. He would have not. He would have paid for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, you know that's how, do you know that's how Lint Chocolates got into Marriott? What? No, what? So remember the old days where they had the chocolate on the pillowcase? Yeah. A hotel, remember, heard of those old days? So Lint comes over and starts to penetrate to, and uh, actually, I heard this from the Davidoff guys when I worked at Davidoff because they were the original distributors from Lint in Europe, bringing it to the United States. And my wife, who worked for Marriott, confirmed that rumor. All right, so this is basically it's folklore. But I believe it's true. There's smoke, there's fire. What happened was they went around to all the Marriott's in the D.C. area where Marriott started. And they had a hard time getting into Marriott. So they went to the individual general managers of all the different Marriott's and said, for the high-end Marriott's, you know, the, the full service, and said, listen, why don't we give you these chocolates? You put them on, you test them out. If it works come back to us and we'll be more than happy to sell it to them. So they did that for like six or seven months. General managers turned over. 
shit, we're out of chocolate. Who do we order more chocolate? And wow. the late guys came in and did that. And that's where that whole chocolate on the uh, on the pillowcase started. Oh, man. I did service for a full service hotel for years. And that was oh, wow. making in. Uh, Lou Rothman did something very similar when he was taking a brand to market when everybody was hating his guts at JR's. Did the same thing with the retailers. So the same guys that were MFing them, he had started a separate booth with one of his cigars. <clears throat> and it was basically if you bought this, you got you got X amount of free. And he would sell you, listen, I'm trying to buy your shelf space. They didn't know it was Lou Rothman. They just it was like this brand owner, the guy behind JR's, and he was like, Listen, I'm trying to get shelf space. Like, if I get in there and you're going to get enthused about selling a free cigar, you get it in there and it did it and it turned into work for a while. Wow. Yeah, I'll, yeah I've never I never heard that story about Lou. That's, I an, know, old, that's an old one. Yeah, I know uh, Abe and Lou were, uh, were good friends. I'll have to uh, uh, ask Abe. Like, <laughs> oh, I used to know Lou. He was a, he was a blast. I, I, you know what? Here you go. Here's one. Ask Asked Tim what it was like and what he learned from working with Lou Rothman at JR's. That's a, I, that's a great. Okay, I'll I'll I'll. I'll he, that and I guarantee you, Tim will say something outside the fact of what he learned from his dad, who was one of the smartest guys ever in this industry. And I put Tim up there too. Um, uh, he'll say Lou Rothman's up there. Yeah, I I I, I unfortunately if you ask him, top five influences on him in the cigar industry. His dad will be number one, and I'll be surprised if Lou is a number two. Not Placentia Senior could be up there. Uh, uh, Charlie's dad, Tarania, could be up there. Carlos Senior. Uh, yeah, be interesting. Uh, I, I I would love to have met Charlie's dad. You know, I just because he so was, uh, you know, Tim was such an innovator of what he did at that time, and it was so so awesome to be a part of that team with him and Huber. Mike Conner, Mike Trevin, so many, so many beautiful people. So it was, it was, it was a special experience. For, oh, uh, I, I, can, I, can, I, I can, I can only imagine. Um, so uh, uh, to, to, to wind down the show a little bit, um, you left the world of finance, get back into the cigar game after uh, all these years. Are, are you and your family, you guys still happy with that decision? Yes, we're trending in the right direction. <laughs> okay, trend. <laughs> trending in the right direction. I, I love that. Yeah, so, you know, like I told you, I think we built out a buffer where we had X amount of years for us to you know, go through this kind of financial growth hurdle that we needed to do. And, uh, um, yeah, we're very excited. Where our company was uh, two years ago to one year ago to where it is today and where it's going. And uh, I think we're making the right climbs. We, we don't want to go up fast. We, we're, we're going like this. Um and I keep saying, and one thing that I, I keep saying over and over again, but I, I, I think this really is is indicative of what we're doing and what we want to do is, listen, we're hungry. We're very, very, very hungry, but we're patient. So let's get there the right way and, you know, have to clean up less mistakes as we go along. So Perfect. Care, uh, any, any final uh, thoughts for, uh, I can't believe it's been two hours, seven minutes already. Uh, that is just, that that is crazy. So any final thoughts or questions for Mickey? <laughs> No, just uh, you know, thanks for being on. It's it's a pleasure to to finally get a chance to meet you and uh, uh, appreciate the cigars and congratulations on on all the success and and continued success. Thank you. Um, and it's really great to be able to to chat a little bit about the uh, 
steal football days a little bit. See, Division <laughs> three athletes, we, we 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 contribute a lot to the world, Kurt. You and I. That, that, that's it. And then and then Mickey did send well, some than most. Yeah. So Mickey did send some cigars. <laughs> so so for the next uh, uh, month's worth of shows, uh, along with our normal giveaway, I'm going to send a three pack of cigars to to our winner each and every week. Um, so uh, every, you know, everybody oh, that wow. wins, we'll, that. We'll, we'll we'll get to try some uh, some All Saints cigars. So, uh, Mickey, thank you so much for coming on, and we'll uh, let's definitely not wait two more years. No, I, I know we see each other more that well, so we'll de- I'll definitely see you guys in the Great Smoke. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about might, what about Ybor City? Uh, you might see me on Saturday. I have an event I got to do in um, Deltona on Thursday. I have an event on Friday. I'm, I'm with Abe one of those two days, and I'm with. In Deltona, one of the other two days, and I was thinking about going to Tampa that Saturday, but I'm going down to the factories that, that Sunday for about eight days before they close to make sure that we got everything else to close out our containers for this year and then for our opening containers for next year. So, all right, so maybe we'll uh, see you at uh, maybe we'll see you at Corona that Saturday. I'll uh, uh get, get you a little uh, Friday, yeah, or Friday. Yeah, I'll get you the schedule as soon as we're done. Yeah, yeah, you know, so I'll see if Jeff can hook up. Maybe we can chat for a few. Yeah. So cool. All right, Mickey, you have a good night. See you guys. Next week, uh, we uh, have Adrian Acosta of the Cigar Culture um, to the show. I've been trying to um, get a hold of Adrian for a while to get him on the show. I don't know him personally. I don't even know what the guy looks like. But um, everybody in the industry is always talking about Adrian and the cigar culture. And he actually reached out to me on Instagram for um, for a completely unrelated topic. And I'm like, hey, you know, like like literally I was going through my list for for like this month. I'm like, hey, you're on my list you know, to get on the show. Do you, do you want to come on the show? And Well, how do you uh, not know what they look like if? They're on Instagram. No, was, I never. I went. I didn't go to his Instagram oh profile. So it's the cigar culture. Yeah. So I can't wait to talk to Adrian and just, I mean, do a little bit more research on him and figure out uh, what exactly the cigar culture is, what it does, who he is, how he got into the industry, how it is like every single cigar manufacturer is talking about him. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to talk with uh, with Adrian. Um, so make sure you're following. Mickey Peg, All Saints Cigars. Um, all his social media links are in the uh, the video description below, as well as the uh, the links to, uh, to Cigar Prop Producer Jessica Caravante Stogie Road Cigars, um, as well. Um, also in the, uh, the the social media links is uh, all of our sponsors, uh, all of our partners. Uh, uh, thank thank you so much for for um, supporting us, um, as well as the link for the Ebor City Cigar Heritage Festival. If you're thinking about coming down to Florida anytime, um, remember both regular and VIP tickets are still available uh, for the show on Sunday, and the tickets are also still available for Saturday's pre-party event at the J.C. Newman Factory. So head over to CigarHeritageFestival.com for that event. Um, and like I said, you know, um, all of our show sponsors, thank you very much for making this happen. Um, so thank you to J.C. Newman Cigars, Cigar Medics, Amendola Cigars. We are the Muscle Excelsior Tobacco, makers of the Doña Lydia GTO Cigars. Those who know smoke GTO. Dr. Oscar Rodriguez was on at the beginning of the show. So thank oh. you for uh, watching. Corona Cigar and, of course, Drew Estate and Experience Acid. Uh, Mickey, we still see you in the green room. We're going to pull you back up here after the show in a second. Um, care? Can you leave everybody with a um, uh, – oh, and also Louis T., uh, Kevin at CigarProp.com. Send me an email with your address. 
Um, care. Leave it all that in. All right. I will do my best German. <laughs> Gracias, amigos. So then, guys. Uh, I don't know what that Adios. means. But, uh, I don't, yeah, that's, uh, that was per perfect. So, uh, <laughs> any, anything else? <laughs> Life is short. Grab a buddy and smoke a cigar. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>